We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? This is Kel, one half of the Corner Podcast. And this week we experienced technical difficulties on the show, but we were able to save some of it and wanted to bring it to you because we thought it was so dope. So enjoy the episode, and next week we shall be back to normal. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to The Corner. By now, you know how this goes. You know the whole spiel. We're here to talk wrestling, boxing, MMA, and a little bit of hip-hop and current events this week because it's crazy. We waited an extra day to see what happened, and we got bombarded with a ton of stuff to talk about. So we're going to dive right into it. I'm Kel Dansby. Yes, sir, and I'm Andreas Hill. So let's dive into it. What are we going to talk about first? What we waited an entire day to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we, we got to go with it. BT Hip Hop Award. The BT B Squad Award. <laughs> Yo. So okay. I get the text. Hold on. I get the text. And Andres is just like, we can record today as usual, or we can wait and see what happens with the BT Awards. And I'm just like, you know the answer to that, because it's going to be crazy. And yeah. we had to talk about it. And it was worse than anything I could have imagined. All right. So, BT Hip Hop Award. So, for those listeners who don't know, I used to work at BET, so I know how these things work. Um, seeing this award show, like, from the jump, I turned on my TV, I saw Future, and I heard the track louder than Future's vocals. And I said, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and from that point on, this award show was just, it was dreadful. I mean, no stop for, a, for such a great year in hip-hop. 2015 has been a great year in hip-hop. Whether you're a mainstream fan who likes cast like Future, and Drake, or if you like your guys like Kendrick Lamar, if you like, if you're underground, and you like Alchemist and No No, the Gang Green album, it's been a great year. How does a hip hop show reflect that so poorly? Because everyone was at the Million Man March, which leads me to my bigger issue here: is 
how does BET not cover the Million Man March? CNN, you know, Fox News, of course, I expected Fox News to have no coverage of this whatsoever. Zero. MSNBC, yeah, MSNBC, I expected something, a scrolling marquee, something. BET, you're responsible for this type of coverage. For you to not have anybody there whatsoever was a complete fail on your part. It's almost, it made me, like, I wouldn't have watched the awards at all if it wasn't for us talking about it on this show. But I don't mess with BET anyway. But that, that was, it was just disappointing. It's crazy because, you know, when it's time to vote and they're at the forefront of be black, vote, or before it was what, Barack the vote and all this stuff. And they want to run all those campaigns and commercials. And now it's like, why aren't you there for this? Like, is there an agenda? Like, what, what's going on? You can't pick and choose. Either you're going to be part of the, the social conscious consciousness uh, and part of the black culture regarding these things or you're not like don't pick and choose like what are you saying our second rate hip-hop show is better than a million man march especially with everything that happened this year that's exactly what they're saying and, and that's therein lies the problem like i said i worked at BET from 2008 to 2009 as an executive editor of music on the dot-com side of things so i saw how these things work BET's always been reactionary if it's not a big enough story they ignore it so when Trayvon Martin passed, for instance, they latched onto it later. They do things later. Million Man March wasn't a big deal because everybody else wasn't jumping on it. So they just kind of sat on the sidelines, which is, I mean, tantamount to what's wrong with black culture as it is. You know, BET should always be the forefront of every major black artist breaking through in the mainstream, not waiting for MTV to break them. You know, I'll tell a story really quick about me bringing Nicki Minaj to the office and me getting kicked to the curb. This was before Nicki was Nicki that we knew today. She had dropped her Beam Me Up Scotty mixtape. She had just, her uh, uh, she, her manager had just called me saying, I'm coming by the office. She had a lot of buzz right then, though. I remember that mixtape was crazy. She had a very strong buzz, and she was just dropping the mixtape, and she came by, and I had her, uh, we did an interview on camera, and then I we were talking about other things we could do, because I thought, lyrically, she was dope. So I was like, you know what? Let's do a video blog, right? Something that we can introduce to the audience. You signed a Young Money. You're going to be doing a bunch of stuff with Lil Wayne. It only makes sense that we that BET jumps on this first. So we had her, when she was touring, she was doing a college tour, and we had to record a bunch of her performances and put it together for her Barbies. It was the beginning of the whole Barbie thing. And it was it was designated straight to us as BET.com presents Nicki Minaj. So I had her record this, and she came back with it. And my boss at the time was like, verbatim who the fuck is that why is she here and we're not going to spend our resources on her and i was like yo we she basically is going she's going to be next there's not a lot of there's no females in the game she signed the young money it only makes sense that we get on before it's too late it got kicked to the curb not only that the footage that she sent that i was trying to have my team edit my boss is like we're not wasting our resources i had nikki had to edit it herself and it got put on like some back page of the website. I still have all the footage. But they <laughs> buried Nicki Minaj, and we had the inside track on Nicki before anybody else did. It's, this is indicative of who BET is. And, and it shows, and now they wonder why it's so hard to book the main talent in hip hop. No, you play on the left. It was the same thing with Drake. I talked to Oliver, with people who know Oliver was his, I believe, was like attorney and manager at the time. I'm still on OVO. I'll say, hey, I'm going to bring Drake by the office. He said, hey, let me find out. I got a meeting today with Stephen Hill. It was nothing major. And this, Stephen was not at the fault of any of this. But I said, you know, maybe we'll bring him by and we'll chop it up. So far gone, had dress dropped. So 
And as we all know, So Far Gone basically broke the internet when yeah. they dropped that night. crazy. And Oliver was in town, and, and Drake was in town. People, if you look at the footage, there was footage of, like, Drake and Joe Budden hanging out. And this was, like, right after that. He was supposed to come out of the office. My boss was like, now nah, you need to be on Gucci Man Watch because Gucci Man is the hot thing. And I was like, no, Gucci Man is not <laughs> the hot thing. And this was at the time, if you remember, Gucci Man would die, like, every week. There was always a story about Gucci Man dying. Like, that was my beat. My beat was to stay on top of which ridiculous Gucci Man's dead story came out. <laughs> <laughs> so he got kicked to the curb. So Drake, Nicki, like I did interviews with Pac Div when Diddy shouted him out in L.A., buried him. Like these, I, they buried so many things. They wait until it's too late. So it leads us to today when we look at the BET Hip Hop Awards, when we look at the Million Man March. I saw all this at BET. I know how they function. It's a bunch of people with Yale and Harvard, Yale and Yale and Harvard degrees <laughs> that don't care really about the culture. It's about the bottom line. And they figure that the bottom line is waiting until somebody else does some shit and then you follow up after it. It's never good to just be a swagger jacket. Like, people can see it. They see through you. Um, and it seems like it's their M.O. even from back then to now. I mean, look, I, wait, wait, wait. I don't even know how they lucked out of Big Tigger in the basement. Everything they just lucked up into and they were they like, did. oh, dope. Terrence then, J they lucked out on. Yeah, and they just can't recreate it though. That's how you know when they get lucky on something because you can't duplicate it. I mean, look what else they've duplicated. Uh, during the airing of the BET Hip Hop Wars, what did they promote? BET Jams. Didn't yeah. MTV just have MTV <laughs> Jams? Like, BET was promoting punk Didn't MTV just have punk Why can't you come up with an original idea? And then when you, do, later, when you do it, it looks cheap. It looks like a cheaper knockoff version of it. Now, granted, they've got some some better original programming. Being Mary Jane is actually not a bad show. That was pretty good. Outside of that, though, when it comes to original things that BET's ever conceptualized, they have failed miserably. The reincarnation of the game was horrible. I used to like College Hill, though. That used to be like it was a just guilty pleasure. It was, it was a guilty pleasure. Yeah, like it was. It was like the real world. Obviously, there's swagger jack in the real world. Of course, uh, but it was dope. I like. <laughs> I liked it. It was. Like, Bad Girls Club, kind of before Bad Girls Club. They were like, yo, they can fight? Yeah. And they I'll, I'll never forget the Trinidad joint, and the chick just got wrecked. Oh, everybody remember. Was, was that the girl that got knocked in the head with the heel? Yeah. Okay. No, no, but she won the fight. Yeah, but she, yeah. Was, she was busted up, though. Yeah. But see, but that's, that was what BET is all about. So going fast forward, now we're in 2015. This is when I was there. I was only there for a year. So I'm not. it's not indicative of the entire culture there, but this is the, the what I got in a vacuum in one year. Now I'm watching the BET Hip Hop Awards and Future's performing with the, the track, vocal track louder than his vocals. They have the worst sound guy in the business. It's like you've been doing these awards for how many years you can't get the sound together? Now, Ken, where, where were the awards? I'm watching an award show and I'm only seeing, what, three or four awards get presented? I saw four and I'm being generous. I, I think there was four. If you count the Scarface Award... Hashtag free scarfing. Yeah, which you get wheeled off to jail like directly <laughs> after. But go ahead. Uh, that was given to the police department. <laughs> um, if you count that one, there's four. So it's just like, is this an award show or is it a concert? It was a concert with B-level talent. For this, like, just make it fresh. Do a festival. Just film a festival. <laughs> Put this shit outdoors, stage. Do your ciphers in front of everyone. And have performances. Performance, cypher. Performance, cypher. Performance, cypher. Outdoors, live band. Dope. Problem solved. You can fire the stupid ass sound guy who doesn't know how to do levels no on awards. the track. We're not doing any awards. Just cut out the awards. Just four <laughs> awards. 
Yo, they were like the you first can do the lifetime achievement shit, like that that they do. The literally the first award was Club Banger of the Year, the Big Sean one. And then some of the people that were nominated, I was like, what? Like, what? Like, how are they nominating these people? So Big Sean wins. He's not there. That's indicative of your problem. First person who wins the award doesn't come. E40 accepts the award with DJ Mustard. Then what was the other awards that they presented? Did they present Rapper of the Year? Did that happen? Did they do that one? I don't remember seeing it. No. Um. Damn, I don't even know what other awards are. I have to look it up. You, you threw me off. There's only four. I should have probably remembered them. Like, what, what happened to the obligatory Nicki Minaj award, the female rapper award? It's like she wins it every year, so it's like the obligatory Nicki Minaj award. You should have given it to Iggy just to set the streets on fire. BET would do something like that <laughs> just to try to make headlines. Like, I remember being in boardroom meetings, and we would, we would have a conversation that was like, how can we make Entertainment Weekly this week? Like, what do we do to make Entertainment Weekly's hot list, top ten? So if anything that we ever did, like when we, when we got the game back, it was like right before I left when we signed the deal to get the game back. We were so excited about having them in there that we didn't we produce a shitty product. Like that that reincarnation of the game was terrible. But don't, there were nine awards, but they didn't air but four of them. Yeah. So we have best club banger, Big Sean. We have best impact track. What does that mean? Uh, I guess socially. Like conscious track, Big Sean won that. All right. Oh, all right. Won that. Yeah. Didn't they do that at the MTV Awards? Did. Big Sean won it. Yeah. So that's a makeup award. Okay. It was. Um, Kendrick wasn't there. I don't think. Uh, no, Kendrick was absolutely not there. Yeah. No, so. nobody from TDE was there. Um, Sweet Sixteen Award. Underage rappers. I'm I, just gonna take a shot. I at don't it. know what this entails, but Drake won it for the My Way remix. So I guess oh, so Sweet 16, like the best 16 bars. Really? On the track, I guess. And Drake did not have the best 16 bars. Especially not on my way. If anything, he got washed on my way. Yeah, anyway. Um, okay, keep it moving. People's Champ, Drake. He wasn't there. What else is there? Oh, two people won People's Champ. Kanye. He wasn't there. Nope. Uh, Hustler of the Year. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. Hustler of the Year, Dr. Dre. He was That's every year if you just want to give yeah. an award. If you just want to give an award to uh, a guy. Best Lyricist yeah. of the Year, which is actually a decent category. Mm -hmm. Kendrick Lamar. He wasn't there. Uh, best Mixtape. This person was there. 56 Nights Future. He was there. Well, was he there there? He was there there. He was performing like outside the building. He, He's he from there. Atlanta, so he, he should have been there. Oh, you think he treated it like a Vegas club appearance? Like, yo, I'm doing two songs. I'm sneaking out the back. I'm in the club. It kind of felt like people had better things to do than to, than to watch the BT Hip Hop Awards. Now, which goes into this. Before, the ciphers. But no, before we get into oh. the ciphers, yeah. let's go into these uninspired performances. Days Lowe's performance looked boring as hell. Uh, Travis Scott's performance in the big truck, and then he kind of jumped on some stuff with his vocals once again being louder than Travis. That was terrible. Diddy's performance. Which it feels like Diddy only does the BET Awards because he needs to find a way to make a comeback. Performing two songs that nobody's ever heard before and has Little Kim come out and Lowe's come out and what's the other track? Working? Whatever. Working. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's snippet for after. Yeah, whatever. But he, he's trying to make his way back. So that's why he's performing. So, and then, like, who else performed? Was there any, like, there was nothing noteworthy to talk about in this show. Nothing. Nothing, and usually everyone's hype about the cipher. Exactly. Okay. That's that's the biggest thing, and then uh, they fell flat this year. Dude. Because they didn't have the crew cipher that they usually have. There was no Slaughterhouse cipher. There was no Shady cipher. There no was MMG. No, no TDE. Yeah, and and that's what's carried it, because people at least say, okay, we get to see a crew do it. Um, 
It'd be dope if they reached out and got Odd Future one year to just crush Has, has Tyler Creator ever been to a BT award? I don't think he messes with BT. Like, but he doesn't mess with a lot of people. I'm but if you reach out, I'm sure he would he's probably been, he's, do it. Like, yo, he's, he's a done, busy guy, but... He's done the MTV Woody Awards, which is like their... You know, they do that at South by Southwest. Yeah. Like, the fact that he's He not, did the Europe Awards, too. Crushed it. But I'm saying, like, he's not doing it. Like, nobody respects BT. I don't respect BT. No. Black people don't respect BT. We just kind of watch it because it happens. But I don't know where they found Charles Hamilton. Yo, <laughs> let, let's talk. Okay, so let's talk about the cycle. Charles Hamilton kicked it off with a freestyle that I felt like was straight off the dome. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. But the problem was is when you go at, go before a bunch of people who rehearsed their ciphers beforehand, freestyle, you know, put the little quote fingers in the air. <laughs> like, so what's the, why do we even call these things freestyles anymore? Because nobody does it. Like, nobody. no, you, it's all written. But it's still a showcase. So, I mean, I applaud him for trying to go off the dome. But it made him look bad. Yeah, then it just wasn't his best verse, though. Especially when people haven't seen you in five years. Yeah. Like, like how about we prepare something? They, uh, <laughs> he would have got the pass for me for spitting a written. Uh, who else was there? Who had the best one? The Redman. Redman had the best Easy. Side. That was mine. I mean, Redman, for a, a cat who's been in the game for so long, he completely annihilated his cypher. And then, so there, my I bad. Mean, he, he so we did have it. we did have a crew. It was Def Squad. Okay. Eric Sermon, Keith Murray, and Redman. I'm sorry. We need we need a stat guy who comes in here and corrects <laughs> us at the end of things. Well, um, okay. For people who are listening, this is uh, the second time right now that we're doing the podcast from Casa de Andreas. Yeah. And not the dope house over at Shakespeare. Yeah, and Shake usually fact checks us. Yeah. And, and he's quick on these things. So this is why we need Shake around. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but so there, there was your crew. So it was Redman had the best. I think um, the other best cypher happened to be the cypher that Black Thought hosted with the Hamiltons. Yeah. The Broadway show, which are three people that you have never heard of in your entire life. And they rap better than damn near everybody else. People were like, who the hell are these people? Yo, and the, then they were like, oh, I'm changing the channel. I was like, yo, it's kind of dope. Yo, he the first cat, I don't even know his name, but he was dope. <laughs> like, he was super dope. Like, I was like, yo, he was dope. And, I mean, there were other decent cyphers, like Vince Staples' cypher was cool, Casey Veggies was cool, Tink was all right, even though I expected more of Tink, because I like Tink, I think yeah. she's dope. But um, she's a songwriter. Yeah. Joyner Lucas had a dope, he was, he can't, I think he came right after Charles, Charles Hamilton. Yeah. His was pretty dope, but it was just underwhelming. Like, for this to be the cyphers, it was underwhelming. The beatbox cypher, that was cool, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, like, you're looking at a hip-hop award show where it felt like we got D-League talent. Yeah, and they didn't have any, like, standouts this year, like, um... Even in years past, there was always a true, like, big-name hip-hop vet in every movie. Black Thought was leading that one, but that was more of a Broadway cast. Yeah, like, oh, cycle. let's introduce this. Yeah, but before, I mean, we got Joe Budden and Nicki in the same cycle. Right. Like, shit you'll never see. M was in the cycle, like, just by himself one time. Like, there's always young talent mixed with older talent. And uh, we didn't get that this year. No. We... Everyone was too busy. Don't put it on the same weekend as the Million Man Mark. So Be so... smart about your plan. So, I mean, so going back to this whole Million Man March thing, because I, for people who aren't aware of, ne have never followed my work, I've always been about social activism, music, culture in general. A lot of things I write about have to do with race relations and society. Dropped one today. Uh, what? Dropped a good piece today. About what, the Ferguson? Ferguson, uh, yeah. Devin Alexander and Ferguson. It's like I'm always trying to find ways to talk about culturally relevant things. 
I'm just hugely disappointed at the Million Man March, which is something that has affected African Americans and minorities in general for the past couple of years. It prominently, it's not like this is something new. This is something that we've dealt with for multi, for decades upon decades. But to see it so prominently from Tamir Rice to Trayvon Martin to Eric Garner, and then to have a Million Man March say, okay, we need to, we're going to be out here in D.C. And to know that J. Cole was there and Diddy was there, if you need entertainers, because that's what BET latches on to is entertainers. If you're not going to latch on to Farrakhan, latch on to somebody else. But to know that all these things are going on and you can't send a single soul out there to cover this, to talk about it, this should have been a live special about this. Like, you should have bookmarked your hip-hop awards with the Million Man March. Because it's not like the Million Man March was a surprise. You knew it was coming. It would have been dope if they would have just put together like a two-minute piece to play during the awards. Quick edit. Just two-minute piece, show like the hip-hop people walking around, being a part of it. And then you grab three or four of them from there to do a cypher and all spit like conscious rap type shit about stuff that happened this year and whatever they feel about it. Like whether it's police brutality or, you know, all this shit, like just spit a conscious cypher. You could have got J. Cole to do that. Yeah. And from on site, like how crazy is it if you stand in front of the Lincoln Memorial having a cypher with four prominent hip hop people talking about the ills of what's going on? That's, that's an idea. That shit that people in those offices should have thought of because they get paid six figures. Oh, yeah. And they just sat on their fucking hands and couldn't think about it. I thought about it in 30 seconds. What are you guys doing? It's a, it's a brilliant idea. And I mean, even if you look at the talent that you did have, because the ciphers are recorded. I remember because we used to record the ciphers like well before the show and then plug them in after we did the yeah. show. But even still, if you look at the talents you had, you had Rari, who had a verse that was kind of socially conscious. You had the cat that was on the, the um, smack in at the tail end, which was weird. It did the, like a live cipher, but it was like super rehearsed because you had like people punching in for each other. You had like a back and forth. Yeah. And one cat, I forgot his name, but he was talking about culturally relevant things. Like you, and the girl from the Hamiltons, the sister, you could have threw him, her in there. You had the talent there to do it. You just didn't do it. You overlooked the thing that's impacting your society the most. That's just culturally irresponsible and they thought people were just going to ignore it like people weren't going to notice that was yeah. their biggest thing foul it's like yo we could just leave it out no one's going to notice i'm crying foul and i and i know like, like i said when i worked there i know for a fact there are people in there that talk about these things i used to be one of those used to scream at the top of my lungs like when rosa clemente and cynthia mckinney were running for the green party i was like yo we need to have them on bbc it's very important that we talk about this we got a sister running for office and an afro-cuban running for office as a vice president even though they're probably not going to win we need to support them Nah, not important. Like, I was like, you guys are crazy for this. Like, there are people in the offices that will bring these things up, and they get shot down because the more important things to entertain. And then, like, they, they bookended their award show with a show about chicks on social media, the Hamilton? The, or, what is yeah, not the Hamilton? No, what is it called? Um, it's I don't called, know, the Black Kardashians. Some bullshit. Like That's what we should call like. it. Let's call it some bullshit about a bunch of chicks, one of them who happened to be one of Games X Flames, like... I, I couldn't tell you. But what? The, <laughs> like, this is what you this is what you end your show with and go into it. Like, oh, let's talk about social media that turns you into socialites. How lame is this? Like, what do we like? Get BT out of the pain. Can we can we have yeah, a new network? They're out of here. Um, before we move on to another hot button issue that popped up yesterday, uh, we'll do our pound for pound list. And this week, we'll do it with the dream cipher. Like okay. people we want to see in a cipher. It doesn't have to be the best artist or you know just something we would like to see in people who mesh together. So I'll give you mine first. Uh, I only got four people in the cycle, which is odd. Uh, I might have five. I got to go through it again. But one has to be Lupe kicking it off just because Lupe can flow straight off of the dome. 
okay. in a cipher. Like, there is no written with Lupe. Mm. So I want Lupe and then Nas, which would be like the marquee name that you have to go get out of it. Um, Lupe, followed by Nas, followed by Killer Mike. And then I want Cannabis and his five, Rakim. Finish it up. Oh, that's your cypher. My dream cypher. So right there. So you put me on the spot because I didn't even think I didn't think about this till just now. So I'm looking at people who would just blow me away with freestyle, and I'm not necessarily looking for like the dopest rapper per se. Yeah. So mine would be. And mine would be all off the head, by the way. All five yeah. of those guys have to go off of the dome. Mine would be the weak link, which is crazy. Yeah. Think about it. So mine would be Black Thought, Supernatural, Ooh. Skills. Skills? Yeah. Throwing skills in there? Skills? Have you ever seen skills in the rap battles in, like, the 90s? Yeah, yeah. Murderous, skills. though. Skills. Um, Eminem. Because you got to remember, Eminem was winning battle raps for years. The rap Olympics before anybody got involved. And then my fifth one is kind of up in the air. It's like, I'll punch it in. Like, who who, who would it be? I kind of would go with Redman. Redman killed him. Because not only does Redman kill him, Redman has always been good. Um... And even though I was, like I love to see guys like Lupe in there, it's just the whole wow and the ooh factor. Like, it's, like Black Thought is, is like a rapping animal. He's probably the most underrated rapper in the game. Cats forget about Supernatural. Supernatural freestyles for hours. Yeah, and, you know what I'm saying? So like, I just want to have a cipher that I feel like is dope. That'd be mine. No, that's a good cipher. And to me, those are all people who are lyricists, and yeah. they they really are part of hip hop, which is a whole different thing now. like some people are great writers now true which is fine but when you bring it back to like yo this is a cypher there's a difference like cool you could be a rapper now and, and I like Migos and Ray Shremmerd and all that shit cool I appreciate that even future to an extent but they shouldn't be in a cypher right like a cypher is hip hop real hip hop you get in there and when it comes around to you you got like 16 bars 24 bars to spit and then you pass it on you keep going, and you have to be talented. You're supposed to pick up on what the last person said, so the last two bars should start into yours, and then you go off yeah. of it. And that's what I would look for in a cipher, and that's what they need to bring back: the real hip hop people, less scripted stuff, just feed off each other. Yeah. And it's previously previously taped. Just record. And right. if there's someone messes up, don't take that piece. Yeah, you just edit. Do yeah. what you gotta do to make it dope. But yeah. just let them just go naturally, flow naturally, and it'd be great. Um, but we got to move on to other stuff. Yes, and people will listen to this podcast for other stuff. Yes. Uh, we talk about everything. Hell with it. They already know this by this point. Uh, but we do have something that ties into combat sports. Ronda Rousey. Oh, man. They love you, then they love to hate you. That's oh, the course that she's on right now. She is full heel turn. She's being Ronda. Like, this is, not, this is Ronda being Ronda. Yeah, and this is what people don't notice. I mean, we saw the same thing in, a, obviously, a different way um, with John Jones. But... The UFC's PR team is amazing. Absolutely. And they can paint these champions however they want to. And people fall into that trap, but they don't know, like, these people are people. So, so let's, let's, kind of flawed. Let's talk about what it is that you, for those that may not know. Yes. So with Ronda, um, first off, Travis Brown has been rumored to be seeing Ronda for quite some time. He came out and confirmed their relationship. You don't know about Travis Brown. He is a heavyweight in the UFC. He is a decent fighter, pretty good. Uh, with almost a title shot, or he's a been, fight away from a title shot. He just always loses when he's about to get there. And he is a married man 
go through the process of getting divorced because his now soon-to-be ex-wife accused him of domestic violence, took pictures, posted them on the internet, and that's what led him to being somewhat single and separated, and now the boyfriend of Ronda Rousey. And then he was also suspended temporarily and then, until there was not irrefutable evidence to bring in charges. Correct. Um, so here's, here's the problem with this. I, and it goes twofold. On one hand, I hate social media for this because anybody can do anything on social media. So if I'm with my wife and she says he beat me and I didn't and she, she hurt herself doing something else, she could post a picture on social media and it's my job to prove that those are completely wrong because obviously you're going to believe that the man beat the woman. Correct. Guilty and proven innocent. Right. So I would so right off the bat Travis Brown is guilty. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do it. It's just that you never know. And when th these th type of things come up and you're Ronda Rousey and you're champion against somebody like Floyd Mayweather who has been accused and has gone to jail for beating up his women and it's pretty well known that he does such things you need to be careful about who you associate yourself with. That is the key. And you associate yourself with Travis Brown, and now this relationship comes out. Now, I don't know if Ronda particularly said, hey, Travis, go ahead and say what you got to say, or if they're fighting right now because Travis Brown came out and said it. Speculation is always better than the truth. Definitely. And he was probably tired of hiding it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, they've been photographed together and whatnot, and people basically knew, but this is definitely confirmation of it. And for Ronda, it's just like... So, do you believe that he didn't hit her? Obviously, you can't come out and say that. You can't call someone who's a victim of domestic violence, you know, allegedly a liar, though. Right. So, you can't publicly say that. But then, if you're with this man, you obviously believe he's not a woman beater because you're so against woman beaters. Right. <laughs> so, now it's just like, okay, so as long as he doesn't beat you, you're okay? Or what's your gripe against Floyd? You want to do it to get headlines? Was that publicity? Where do you actually stand on this? And then she was on ESPN and just ducked the question. She doesn't want to talk about it, and that's another problem. Like, don't be open to talk about Floyd beating women and then shut down about your man beating women. Well, how about you, your women beating men? Because in her Ronda Rousey's book, she documents, she put in it in her words about an incident she's had with an ex-boyfriend who remained unnamed, who... Put, had pictures of her naked in her in his phone, and she was, I guess, was a little paranoid about her putting them on the internet. And which I guess he took them without her knowing, right? Which I don't. Know and how this that is, happens. This is right around the time okay. for the, the ESPN body issue was coming up. And Rod is very, she's been very outspoken when it comes to sexuality, and to, like she all like I remember she told me numerous times she's like I don't ever want my kids to see my vagina on the internet or on television. Yeah. And so I understood her frustration when she saw these new pictures in her man's phone. The problem is, is I guess her man was pleading his case, and Ronda told him to get out of the way. And these are her words. These aren't his words. We never heard from this guy. Yeah. Who, if well, he's an come out. is an opportunist, he, he would, opportunist. If he's an opportunist, he'll jump out and say something. But she said she could hit him with like a left hook and a right cross. Yep. And kind of slung him around to beat and his ass. And slapped him because she didn't want to hurt her hands for her next fight. Right. So. That is domestic violence. That is domestic violence in any way, shape, or form. Like, I got into a crazy Twitter conversation earlier, and a friend of the show, Glasses Malone, jumped in. And he was like, yo, that's domestic violence. Because one guy called me an idiot. Mm -hmm. He was like, no, that doesn't 
that's not the same thing. I was like, she's beating a man. Yeah. He was like, well, he's a fighter. It's like, well, first off, we don't know who he is. Right. But even if he's a fighter, I don't care if he looks like John Cena. If he's not hitting her back, she is beating a man. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, just because you're buff, you can't get beat now. Like, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you do. You can be a victim of domestic violence. And women hitting men is equal to men hitting women right. in, in that case. And uh, she said it in the book kind of with pride. Well, yeah, she did. She took it as a, you know, she wore it as a badge of honor in a sense. Yeah, and it's just like, no, she disagreed with something he did, which happens in a lot of relationships. So even then, like, the guy was like, oh, well, he deserved it. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, so a woman cheats on a man, he finds out, so now he could beat her? Like, no, people do a lot of shit that's deserving of some stuff. But you don't beat them, and that's what she did. Like, he took pictures, all this stuff, then leave him. Yeah, that's, that, it. that's it. Take the take the phone, erase the pictures. You could, listen, you can even throw the phone against the wall. Destroy property before you hit somebody. Right. Destroy the phone to make sure your pictures are gone and be out. And then that's it. But no, she hit him, and she is lucky he didn't call the cops. Because yeah, I mean, a lot of men don't call the cops in that situation. You know, her life wasn't in imminent danger. You know, he was blocking her path. And he was pleading his case like most men do. Baby, baby, please don't leave. Yeah, her. don't Baby, leave. baby, baby. Once they walk out the door, yeah. like, you, you can't let them walk out the door. No, you got to keep it there. Because yeah. once they walk out the door, they're still going to blame you for leaving. Correct. So, essentially, she just beat him up. And, she, and then on top of that, you're a fighter. You're not, she's not like... You not know, a regular chick. She's not five feet tall, 110 pounds, soaking wet, throwing a right cross to a man who's 6'2", 240. She's probably close to the same size as man, or maybe... She's big. She's not a small chick. You've seen her arms. She's big. Yeah. So her punches hurt. We've seen what she's done to other women in the cage. I'm sure she can do the same thing to men. Correct. This is domestic violence. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's domestic violence. And Rhonda, you're throwing stones in a glass house right now. As much as, as much as I am a big fan of Ronda Rousey and I like her as a person, she's found herself in, in very hot water because of who she associated herself with and the battle that she chose to fight. Yes, you are against Floyd Mayweather's domestic violence. And she's the most prominent athlete in the world, richest athlete in the world who beats up women. You're against that. I completely understand that. But now she's the biggest woman's athlete in the world, and she beats up them. You're caught in a... She is Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Well, she she's is not that un- bad. She is unbeatable in her sport. Because it's not the first time she beat up men, first of all. Yeah, probably. She told a story about her being a man in a uh, movie theater. <laughs> and that's how she knew she could fight. Or, you know, yeah, she yeah. has no problem. She beat up, like, three men and shit uh, for talking bad about her. Like, you know, talking back to her. She said that with pride. Now she's beat up a boyfriend. Listen, she hits men. She hits women. She's the best at what she does. He is the best at what he does. Both in and out of the room. <laughs> Correct. Like, no one can uh. beat them in their sports. And now she's just looking more and more like Mayweather as the day goes by. And she, the difference is she's a hypocrite. Really. Don't be a hypocrite. Like, just keep your mouth shut. But she wanted to champion for something. She wanted to be superwoman and be the face of everything female. And this is what happens when you have stupid skeletons in your closet. And now she won't own up to it. Now yeah. she's silent. Well, now, now the trouble has come, and now you found yourself in a position, because we're all hypocrites to a certain extent. Right. You know, even, even Floyd Mayweather, he denies a lot of stuff that he does. And he, he, like, Floyd, Floyd is just, he's brilliantly trained in the art of PR. The art of spin, Floyd's great at it. You ask him a question, he will never answer your question directly. He'll respond basically with a question and move on to something else and say, like I said before. That's what Floyd Mayweather <laughs> does. He's brilliant at it. Ronda found herself in a position now where the tables have turned. The Travis Brown thing coming out is bad news. 
Now we're looking at your history. Now people who never read your book are going to look at your book. Now there's a reason why you wonder, why did Walmart not carry your book and said it was too violent? I thought it was stupid, but maybe they were looking at that issue. Maybe they weren't, but these are things that we're now digging into in your life. And it's like, it's not a good time, and I'm sure Rhonda's now feeling the pressure. It doesn't make her a bad person. She just has to figure this out and how to navigate this thing. She has to get on her Floyd Mayweather plan. Because this is the exact same thing that happens to Floyd. You're a month away from your fight, right. and they will dig. Oh, yeah. Don't, and this is, it's not over. No. November, her fight's November 13th? Yeah. November 6th, somebody's going to come out and, and, and oh, spread Oh, they got to speak. Yeah. And some story, some story who wants to ruin her will put it out. Someone will try to dig up the pictures. Some, it never ends. No. And that's why Floyd had to just walk away. Because he can still box. He can still fight. He can still beat every single person in that division and collect $30 million a fight. But it's not worth something always coming out. And I think that's something that he alluded to, which is why I believe he's retired. He's like, my kids are now old enough to know all this stupidness that keeps coming out. Not worth it. Yeah, it's hard, man. Like, you got to fall, fall back a little bit. And Rhonda, she's in, she's in the spotlight. And again, like I said, it doesn't make her a bad person. It just makes you a person that people are going to start scrutinizing every little word now. Because you are sitting on top of the world. You're not just the best female athlete in your sport. You were called the most dominant female athlete, one of the best athletes in the world, period. Like, you're the UFC's cash cow. So now you're in a position where everything that you do and say is going to be scrutinized. Which leads me to my next thing that also came out this week. I don't know if you paid attention to it, Kel. Ronda's mom coming out and calling Ronda's coach terrible. Yeah, I saw about that. He's a good coach, by the way. Well, he's Armenian. And he has a crew of Armenians who haven't had great success in MMA. Manigan Buren, the one, has been decent. Ronda's been his shining star. Um, and in the book, which I read, the book is good. Ronda's book is good. But it documents how uh, he didn't pay her any attention for about four months until Ronda kind of proved herself because maybe it was a woman thing, maybe it was like, are you serious? Whatever it was. Uh, he didn't care. So now the story comes out that Ronda's mother, who's been very outspoken about everything for her entire career, isn't too fond of him. And feels like he's a horrible coach and a bad person. Now, if your mom is going up against the person that you basically put your career in the hands of, it's like, let's make a bad situation worse. Oh, yeah. But this is what happened with success, fame. I mean, what do you what do? You do? Like, as, as, if you're this Ronda, is the only thing that beats Ronda Rousey. I, I tell you that. Like, these distractions, this, this, this bickering, true. all this stuff, this is the only thing that can derail. Because now, if she switches coaches, her hands are way better first of all. So he's definitely helped somewhere. Maybe he hasn't helped her judo, but she had enough of that anyway. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Ronda's been, she's been much better. Oh, yeah. Her hands are legit, and I don't know if she would involve that way with someone else, or if it's just him, but we'll never know. Like, so, it, does she go to camp now? Does she find somewhere to train? Like, it, it's, it's weird. <laughs> and she kind of just let um, these outside things, now she's giving them a, a bigger voice. Or maybe her success just gives her a bigger voice. Maybe it was always there, but now she's just on a bigger scale. Right, and now, now, now the attention, the, you know, like your Twitter feed goes against you now. And it's not people going and saying, hey, congratulations, Rhonda. Hey, screw you, Rhonda. You're the worst person in the world. And in Rhonda's case, it's like you got your boyfriend, who's Travis Brown, who people are scrutinizing. You got Edmund, who is your coach, who your mother's scrutinizing, basically saying that he's riding the wave of your success. And these are two people, more like you spend more time with than anybody else in the world. You probably don't spend as much time with your mother as you do your boyfriend or your coach. She spends all this time with these people, and now you're distracted. Now, 
Does that mean she's going to lose? It's just something that, like, Floyd Mayweather has been brilliant at this. Those distractions have never let him off his game. I talked to Devin Alexander briefly about Ferguson. He talked about how Ferguson, because he's from St. Louis, weighed heavily on his mind when he prepared for Amir Khan and maybe affected his preparation. Yeah. Floyd has never let any of these things affect his preparation. Everything's so close and tight-knit around Floyd. It, it was family training. Yeah. So, I mean, Floyd trades himself. Like, yeah, I mean, he's I, just smart enough. To. Yeah, we, one thing that Floyd does is people look at Floyd and it's like, it doesn't matter who's in his corner. Floyd can go to his corner with nobody, just a cut man, and he'd still figure out how to win. But in Ronda's case, it's like, like training and camp and all this yeah. stuff and preparation. Floyd's whole, really, his whole business is just so tight knit, family oriented. Yeah, it, it's and small. His cousin like, handles like his PR and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Like, everyone's, like, somebody in his family. Yeah, I mean, somebody close. You know, it's a lot of yeah. people from Vegas, you know. like this people knowing him for... Yeah, like, uh, my friend Nicole, who went to, we went to high school together. She's VP of his PR. Leonard uh, Ellerby is somebody that, you know, Floyd was working with the strength and conditioning way back. And he's been there, and now he's the president of Mayweather Promotions. He kept the circle small, and he used his career and the character change in Al Heyman to bolster what he what his his his, uh, his brand and it's beyond anything else that anybody knows. Now the problem with that is he doesn't have anything outside of his brand and you know Yeah the circle's so small. Yeah the fact that you're retired means you have to find another fighter who's gonna be you and that's not really gonna happen. He never signed like an Andre Ward, which is what he should have done. But his brand has been so small and tight and he's been able to kind of control a lot of things that happen. These stories that leak out, they his his PR team, Kelly Swanson, Swanson PR, they know how to handle these things. Like Ronda's on a different level. She doesn't have a, a real publicist in a sense. Like, the UFC is her publicity, and they're yeah. going to be her shield. But they can't really guard her in this situation. And they're out for self, first and foremost. Yeah. It's, it, it's weird, but they, they showed with John Jones in, you know, the real aspect of things is if stuff gets out of control, we're just going to put you away. Like, off the radar, that's their answer to stuff. If stuff gets too bad, we're just hiding it. Yep. So take this little bit of suspension, they stripped on his title, and then now what? He doesn't have his own personal PR. If he did, he wouldn't be going on Twitter and Instagram, dropping stupid messages, and then taking it off five minutes after. Yeah, he's just got knocked the Kawa saying, like, John, delete that shit. Yeah, so it's just like these people, and as MMA grows and the UFC grows, they really have to be smarter and start treating stuff like a professional athlete in a professional organization. Because that's what it is, and they're still treating it like... They're, I don't know, I guess second-rate fighters or fighting in a basement or something. Like, this is the real deal now. You got to go out. You got to get PR and um, legit management, lawyers, all this stuff. Like, you need all of that now because it's that big. They don't even got a union. No, well, they, yeah, I mean, we'll say that for another show in its entirety. Fighters union? Oh, man, that's a whole other show in its Mandatory. Like, oh. come on, they're so far behind Ultimately, this is going to challenge. This is going to be the biggest challenge around this career. It won't be anybody in the cage. It's the things that happen outside. Of it. And this is it. And not, I'm not saying Holly Holmes is going to be the one to do it because this is just the beginning. Lord so Cyborg is just, yeah. just smiling somewhere, just licking her tongue. This is the beginning of something that's going to get progressively worse before it gets better because people thrive on negativity. And anything Ronda does at this point, like even Sage Northcutt just came out and was like, I would carry myself differently. He didn't even say nothing negative, but it made headlines because Sage Northcutt saying, eh, Ronda's great, but. Maybe I'd do something different. Like, when she was on the Ultimate Fighter, people just kind of railroaded her for how she treated Misha Tate. 
But, you know, Ronda's a certain type of personality, and that personality is never going to change. So how do you handle that? And the people around her are slowly. Like, that's that's the scary part. She's still winning. Yeah. Everything's fun when you're winning. They're complaining while she's winning and that's dominating. Maybe it's a Floyd. Let her lose. Oh, yeah. Oh, everything's coming out of that gym. Yeah, that's, that's, that's psyche shattering. That's ego shattering. You lose. And Every, the coach is getting fired regardless oh, of what happens. Everybody's an excuse Because the mom, yeah, the mom is airing the coach out. The coach is airing the, the boyfriend out that now he's a distraction. Oh, now the media and all this stuff was a distraction. And they're, you know, Ronda making a million tour stops and all this stuff and going to ESPN and all this let her lose. They're coming out with every excuse in the book. Yeah, but it, but more importantly, Rhonda has every excuse in the book to point to except herself. Yeah, and I and, and she doesn't seem like the type of person with that would really like. Even though you say it outwardly, inwardly you have to really feel like this is my fault that I lost. There's something that I could have done differently. But she can look and say, "Mom, it's your fault. Travis, it's your fault. Coach Edmund, it's your fault." Uh, ESPN, it's your fault for me having a whole sports center when I should have been training. Even UFC, if- it's your fault for having me doing all these damn press tours. I need to be focused on fighting. You have so many outs until you lose, and now it's like, now you have all the outs. Yeah. Which one do you, is she going to pick? I think she'll still blame herself publicly, but everyone else will take all those out. Yeah, they probably will. Every single one. One person will point, the coach will point to the UFC, and then the mom will point to the coach, yeah. and then someone else will point to the boyfriend turmoil yeah and everyone will turn on each other and it'll be great for us and we'll be talking about absolutely um before we hit the break real quick and after the break by the way we're going to talk all combat sports (laughs) boxing and some wwe yeah um which is what we're here for uh before we go to that the craziness that is the lamar odom yeah man that kind of just hit us like out of nowhere yeah i was like like yo Andreas is old. I was playing bingo last night, getting drunk. <laughs> Brunch and bingo. Yo. But <laughs> in Vegas, like, they, I have a casino across the street. There's a bingo hall down the street that gives you free drinks to play bingo. And my wife went. You're officially bingo. watched. Huh? You're officially watched. Man, I've been doing this since I was, like, 22, so. Yeah. This is what I do. It's just, <laughs> I, I've been old like this my whole life. But anyway, went to play bingo, and I'm playing, and I look at my phone, and I see Lamar Odom's name, and I immediately clicked out of it. I thought, it was, I thought he just signed with the team. And I was like, Lamar Odom found unconscious in the Las Vegas brothel. Man, life comes at you fast. Yo, he was in Pahrump, too. Oh, I know where he was at. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure I know where he was at. But anyways, I know exactly where he was at. Yeah, yeah, the South one. Yeah. So I didn't know they opened up a location down there. Yeah. On, on, a, on a different topic. That's interesting. <laughs> I know there's a there's a different brothel in Peron, um, but yeah, they got the Bunny Ranch down here. Yeah, the ranch. Like you're I, staying there for free. Yeah, I mean that's a perk. It's a perk. You know, Dennis. That's a perk. The, the, the interesting thing is, is that Lamar's career. It's, it's it's crazy how a career can change so fast. Lamar came out of high school as one of the top top recruited players in the nation, right? Crazy. And I mean, in New York, yeah, he was. Everyone thought that he was going to be that next guy. They I mean, thought his career was going to be like LeBron's. He, right he was 6'9 with tools. And hand, yeah, kids run the point. Like, you know, you're not 6'9 point guard every day. Lefty, yeah. could shoot. It, he, he, well, I remember he came out here um, to Vegas, which is funny because the brothel was here in Vegas, so that's how it comes all full circle. But he played a high school tournament out here in Vegas, and him and Baron Davis, who Baron Davis went to Crossroads at the time, yeah. they all came and they were like beating the shit out of everybody out here. And I was watching Lamar just shoot jumpers from half court. And I was like, God, this is going to be great. And he ended up going to Rhode Island. And I was like, why are you going to Rhode Island? 
And I remember reading the story, but I can't remember. There was a rationale behind him going rollout. And he was decent at rollout. He still ended up getting drafted because he was such a great athlete. But then when he came out, he wasn't that great his rookie year. No. It, it took him time to mature into those tools. And he became on the cusp of being an all-star. And then as, as soon as he... Got traded for Shaq. Was that, was that the deal at the time? he left the Heat and L.A. trade. That's what it was. Shaq. You're right. That's how you end up with the Lakers. Right. And then, it, you know, playing it with Kobe, you're never going to be another all-star. You just, no. Like, you got to watch the guy play. <laughs> Eddie Jones. Yeah. <laughs> damn, Eddie Jones. Where's Eddie Jones? Like, that's what I'm saying. Life comes at you fast. Like, Eddie Jones, god damn, I remember him going to Arizona being great. But anyway, but watching, you know, he flames out of the league, you know, and he gets with Khloe Kardashian, which is like a resurgence, right? And he's talking about getting back in his career. But something else happened. His child died, right? He did have a child He, that lose, died. he lost yeah, a child in um, his sleep. And yeah, which is super sad. And, um, but but in the midst of that, he was a two-time All-Star, six-man of the year. He did, he did a lot of things that would basically say that you're going to be set for your life. You're not LeBron James, but you're good enough. You made enough millions, and you have enough notoriety where you should be set for life. And losing a baby, I know, is tough. I, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it was to deal with that. Um, I can't imagine what goes on in Lamar Odom's head from day to day. But once you're out of the league, and then you get with Khloe Kardashian, then you're out of the spotlight because she gets rid of you because of your mental issues or what have you. There's nobody left but you. Yeah, and he was taking care of a lot of people, man. Like... Even when they did stories and when uh, that broke special came on ESPN yeah. and all that stuff, people were like, oh, who would be in the next one? Like, Lamar Odom. Like, Lamar would be that person because he's paying, like, 30 phone bills. Right. Housing 10 people in his family. Just people really did take advantage of him as a person. And I can understand that, like, in, it's a really big thing in New York, I guess, when you're that next guy. And he's not the only one that's happened to. Like, people just really latch on. And you're supposed to save everyone. You're yeah. supposed to be, um, I guess, the, the godsend for your community, really. Because in New York, everyone is like, yo, there's drug dealers here. There's people killing people there. Especially in the era. He's not too much older than me. So, like, the era we grew up in, it was, okay, your really close friends could be selling drugs as well. And then your other close friends are going to school. There's always like two of those, but then they may get jumped and robbed. But if you're good at a sport, you're protected right. by all of that. Yo, you don't gotta sell drugs, we got you. You need money, you need sneakers, we got you. That's all the drug deals, we got you. You gonna make it, you gonna do this for us. We gonna be at all your games, courtside, blah, blah, blah. And then the smart kids, yo, you need help, homework, all that stuff, cool, you can chill. You can do that and you can be smart and go to school and get good grades and you're not gonna get jumped because you got a crazy jump shot. And then you come and you play in the tournaments every summer on your block, and you go down to the kingdom and the rucker, and everyone latches on to you. And everyone wants to do you favors, and then next thing you know, you get on and you make it, and everyone's like, come back. All right, now, now you bring us with you. And that's rough, man. And, and it caught him, caught him heavy. And I thought he was, I thought for the first time ever, I thought the Kardashians was good for him. Like, I, I thought Chloe and him, like, yo, she's gotten him out of New York, out of that atmosphere, showed him a different life, show him where everyone in your family takes care of each other, shows him that everyone can make money. Like, this is how you help your family. It's like, yo, Kim did a sex tape. She put us all on. Right. So we're making our own dough. Like, she didn't just break us bread. We're all making money. 
this is how you do it. And then he hired, like, he had his best friend or whatever on the show. And he gave his best friend a company. Best friend passed away um, earlier this summer, which right. was crazy, from an overdose. And he was out here. So we saw it. Did you see him? No, I didn't see him. Wait, he was somebody? here for, uh, no, Broner Porter. Was he? He was at the fight. Was... We saw him walking through the MGM and people were like, hey, Lamar, what's up? Um, Rob from BSO, you guys don't know, saw him and like fans were coming up like, yo, if you need anything, just let us know. We got you. You need to talk to somebody. Like, not even ask for autographs. Like, yo, are you okay? He looked kind of like chunkier and all that stuff. Like, yo, he kind of looks healthy. Came, watched the fight. Might have been here for summer league. Mm-hmm. It was the same time. Yeah, same time. Yeah, same time. So he came, watched the fight. And then now you just never know, man. Drugs, drugs get people. I mean, this is my, my the scariest thing is, is with all athletes, combat sports. Your window is so small, right? You start playing like it doesn't last forever, and that's why I say life moves at you fast. Lamar is like thirty six. Yeah. You know, like, and he's still got another what, possibly forty years left on this planet. And none well, of, as of today, it's not looking good. Well, I'm saying hopefully, possibly, possibly. hopefully he, you know, pulls through. But I'm talking about when the, when the average player retires, you have your whole life ahead of you. If you didn't budget right, if you didn't take care of yourself, and, and you, you're used to being in the spotlight. Like, Lamar Odom is used to being in the spotlight. Oh, yeah. He's, he's always been. And once you get all that taken away from you, you're stuck in one of two spots. Because if you need help, you have nobody to really ask for it. Because you're going to be out it if you ask for help. Like, if fans ask you for help, you can never go to a fan and say, you know what, I need somebody to talk to. Yeah. Because you're going to be out it. You can't trust anybody. And then on the other side is like you're supposed to be strong and you're supposed to find your way through these things. So Lamar just kind of got up and went to a brothel, maybe to clear his head. I don't know what he did. I think he was just. Ch- I mean, who knows? But it seems as though the man was just chilling. He what? He didn't pay any money to be in the brothel. Right. It was free. Dennis happens to be his friend. Maybe he was having a downtime and he went to a friend. Dennis just happens to own a brothel. Right. So he's just like, yo, here, go chill. You're in Vegas, obviously. Come out, get away from the strip. Drugs, all that shit, I'm sure, was the talk. Right. Get away from all that shit that the strip brings. Come out, drive 45 minutes to Bronx, stay in my crib, clear your head. I mean, people and don't sadly, know. Sadly, he probably brought the drugs with him. Probably. Because people like Pahrump, there's nothing in Pahrump. Oh, no. There ain't nothing out there. There's like, Yeah, there might be like three black people total in Pahrump. Uh, high school football team I coached this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we played them first game. Not one black kid on their team. Any level, freshman, JV, varsity, yeah. one black person. Like, I've, I've been to prom quite a few times. Not Good team. Problem. Not to the problem. I've been to prom. Right. There ain't nothing out there but, but the problem. Well, there's casinos. I've been out there because I've been coaching again. There, there's what been like, out there? There's, like, little there? casinos or whatever. Like, I went to, like, Laughlin. I've been to prom. I've been to weird places. across the street. Yeah, but it's different. Right? Uh, your story's looking shaky. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Changing the subject. Now, he's learned from Floyd. There's that, actually, that's Floyd PR. Actually, there's, like, a wine place that, that I could believe. There, there that is. I could believe. But uh, brunch, but, uh, bingo, and wine. There's nothing like. There's just nothing there. So to get away, and you don't really get like you can't. It's kind of the irony of it is you get away, but you never really get away. Like he got away, but now he's on life support because life still caught up to him. He didn't. He never got away. Yo, you can't run from drugs. Like well, you can't run from life and being an addict. Yeah, like you can't get away from this. Like, like he's, he's troubled. It. And I, I mean, I, I hope Lamar pulls through this. Um, Hopefully, you know, we don't have to add a RIP at the end of this episode right? It, in the near future or in the caption or something. Um, so far, my phone hasn't blown up, so which is good. I anticipate or I assume that he is still alive and fighting it, even though it's been rumored that he's 
in uh, intensive care and on life support and his heart is giving out. So it's, it could be a number of things because you never really know. Life support, you could be a, you could be alive but not really there. You know, yeah, like, just which, pull, I, matter of pulling the plug. Yeah, that'd be scary. Um, that's horrible in itself. Yeah, that's the scariest thing in life, by the way. Like while we're on the subject, and I don't want like to bum people out. You're just getting but increasingly yo, morbid. All my fans, yo, just just let me go. Like that's it. if you listen to the show, let me go. I, I can't be a vegetable. I, I can't do it. There's there's too many things I want to do. I'm good. Like if I get in that position, put me on a shirt and don't don't have it say God damn it kill. No, nah, it was. That's say. it. That's that's the only that's the only thing I like, request. Like, but uh, yeah, man, I hope he pulls through. I hope he pulls through. I hope he can make a recovery, which yeah. is key. And in the recovery that I, I want him to see him make is you know not this celebrity rehab recovery. I, like I want to see him get help, and I don't want to see him on my television. I don't want to see him on my television getting help. I don't I don't appreciate the the concept of putting your rehabilitation out there for people to scoop Not watching Joe Budden on couples therapy nah, right now? Nah, man. I mean, like, I watch it out of sheer entertainment and laughter because that's, it's just the cruel world that we live in. Like, nobody respects that. Whatever Lamar is going through, I want him to go through it in private. You know, I don't want it to be televised. Nobody needs to see this because nobody's going to, nobody's really going to be rolling with you. Oh, but you know, if he pulls through, then it's going to be Ayala Fix My Life is going to be offering something. And of Dr. course they Phil are. And they're going to offer him a lot of money, something. too. Yeah, they're going to offer him money and then try to fix him on TV. I just he's going to flip that money into drugs. I just have a hard time with it because it, it thrusts you right back in the life that you just lived. Lamar needs to live, live a private life moving forward. He doesn't need to be in the spotlight. Unfortunately, they are going to throw him a ton of money to do it, but with a ton of money, because come no money, more problems. And he'll be right back to where he was. I just don't want to see him do it. Hopefully, he pulls through. Hopefully, the people around him protect him and keep him out of the, away from the cameras. And he releases a statement. If he comes out of this saying, I'm okay. Don't see Kobe. He left the game. They were playing here yeah. in Vegas. Left the game. See Lamar. That was dope. Uh, the Kardashians went to be by his side. They did bring cameras. But I think they're just, like, obligated to do so. Right? Well, yeah, I don't think they, they were in the room. They're right? going to follow him. Jesse Jackson was there this morning. Yeah, so. I, I think the cameras stayed downstairs, which, for the Kardashians, people, like, knock them for having cameras go. Like, that's as respectful as you can get because you're obligated to film everything in your life. Right. So they can go downstairs. They can film you walking in, but I'm pretty sure they stayed in the lobby. They were upstairs, you know, just supporting a friend and a family member yeah. uh, at that. So uh, when we come back, though, we are talking wrestling. We are talking boxing. Not too much in MMA, right? Nah, Ronda was our MMA. Yeah. So uh, we'll get that going when we come back. Triple G is this weekend. Yes, sir. He has to prove it. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. What up, loudspeaker family? What's up? It's your man, Ice-T. And I'm the co-host, McBenzo. And we're here to tell you that if you love podcasts like the Combat Jack Show, the Tax Season, the Brilliant Idiots, Fan Bros, and the Corn, yeah, then you're definitely going to want to check out our podcast, The Final Level Podcast. The Final Level Podcast is where you're going to get to talk about the latest movies, games, TV shows, and sports, but delivered from two OGs who get less than zero fucks about how you feel. We don't hold shit back on this podcast. It's the hardest podcast on earth. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, which is real close to Snitcher, but it ain't. And YouTube. Right here on the Loudspeaker Network. The number one podcast network on earth. Church. All right, we are back and it's time to talk boxing. Because Andres is the number one leader of the Triple G 
I believe in you fan club. Uh, I'm glad Glasses hit me up earlier because this is like the week I need to speak to Glasses because you know if Triple G goes down and loses, he will be on the show front and center opening segment next week to laugh at Yeah, of course, but I laughed at myself when Triple G lost to David Lemieux. Right. <laughs> dude, just saying, this is a big fight this weekend. It's Triple G's biggest step up in competition to date, but David Lemieux is a completely beautiful fighter. He's been knocked out before. He's improved tremendously, but he's in there with a world-class fighter. And he's probably going to get rocked. But it'll be fun while it lasts. The thing about this, this fight is that Triple G is on this thing where he likes to make fights last longer. Yeah, can't do that. He's not going to be doing this. I think he's going to terrorize David Lemieux on Saturday night. Um, more importantly, not just because he needs to, because Chocolatito's right under him. Roman Gonzalez is right under him, the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world. He's fighting as a co-main event who's also looking to make an example out of somebody. We have two guys on the, the fictional pound-for-pound -pound list on the same card that are looking to state their case. And for some, for, especially for people who never seen Roman Gonzalez, this is like his coming out part. Oh, Chocolatito is the truth and uh, really makes the pay-per-view worth buying. It does. Like it turns, he can have his own pay-per-view. Like he's good enough of a boxer. He just doesn't have the name. Yeah, nobody will pay. And so you're really paying like thirty for one, thirty for the other. It's not bad. No, it's not. Bad. I, I, it's a good card. It's it's a very it's a very good card in terms of action. And you want actors Brian Valoria, who Roman Gonzalez is fighting. Valoria, the Hawaiian Punch, is a great fighter, former Olympian. He's actually like the only Olympian left standing. I think from that 2000 Olympic team that included like Jermaine Taylor. So Valoria is a very good fighter. Chocolatito's just on another level. Yeah. Um, but both of these fights, I, I don't see either of them making it to the final bell. I see both of them being very exciting for as long as they last. So it could be one of those cases where you pay all this money, you watch two six-minute fights. But, hey, I don't know if you get your bang for the buck. Do you prefer that? Here's a question. Do you prefer a first-round knockout or watching Floyd Mayweather chess match his way through a 12-round decision? I think, I mean, I'd rather see a knockout. That's just me. And I know that's against, like, a lot of the boxing purists who love the sweet science. And uh, our peers, as far as boxing journalists are concerned, they kind of are just like, oh, man, I don't want the quick knockout, all that stuff. But the way that these two fight, the knockout is better than any. Because a Triple G knockout is not a boring knockout, if that no. makes sense. Like, he is so polished and so crisp and his punches hit so hard that you're just like he's going to demolish this person and every time he gets a knockout it's not like he's just knocking people's lights out all the time he makes them quit yeah like he snatches their souls with this like that body blow like you could just see it in the eyes that fight what he did. it was crazy and uh so it's it'll be interesting to see just how he breaks down the move over time well, yeah, it's, it's, I can tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be the body work. Like, if you watch Lemieux fight and you watch the Golovkin fight, there, there's, Lemieux doesn't go to the body enough, and the body's always there to hit. And Golovkin's probably as disciplined as a body puncher as there is in boxing. The only other people that I can think of that are as disciplined off the top are Canelo and Cotto, which makes that an insane Great fight. Point. Yeah. Um, but Golovkin's discipline to the body is going to be something that I, Lemieux should be prepared for it. But every fighter says the same. Every fighter, again, I say this every show, every fighter who has ever fought Golovkin, who I have talked to, say I've never been hit like that in my life. And it makes you not want to fight him. Because what are you going to do? Because it's not one of those punches where your lights just, like you said, your lights don't go out. It's still on, but the house is a wreck. 
Yep. And you want out. At this point, <laughs> it's like I just, I just want to, I want out. That's the key. The the one person who I know is tough as nails is Gabe Rosado. And Gabe said, you know, he was like, I kept fighting, but I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I'm not a quitter, but I've never wanted to quit before. He's like, the ref called it. I was pissed off, but what do I do? I'm just eating shots. What do you do against a guy like that? And you know, some guys they quit. I don't think Dave Lemieux is a quitter, but his life might change on Saturday night. <laughs> it it wears on you because they get to like the fourth round, and it's just like, yo, I've been in a fight already. Every punch and you, hurts, and you just look like I got eight more rounds of this. You make a business decision, right? It is, it's, it, you do. You say, that's, hey, that's what it is. Like, uh, do I want a future in boxing? Or they want it to take years off my life by continuing this fight. That's what always makes Mexican fighters so great, because they don't think about any of that shit. They just fight. Like, you look at the Morales-Barrera wars, like, they just fought. They just beat the shit out of each other for 12 rounds. Yep. <laughs> you know? And people always look at Triple G and compare him to, like, Mexican. Well, because he has a Mexican style. He has he a, does. He gets, he gets hit a lot. Well, I asked him on the conference call. I asked Abel Sanchez, like, can you please elaborate on Mexican style? And, uh, and I, this is the first question I asked Abel when we talked to him years ago. And Abel laughed because he's like, well, what it means is that when Triple G came out of the amateurs of the Olympics, you fight a certain style, a point style. But then I was like, he hits too hard. And this is what he told me back then. He's like, he hits too hard. There's no reason. He's not going to get anywhere fighting this style. So it's like, I'm going to have him stand on his feet, sit on his punches, and hit people. He's still going to use his amateur experience of blocking and scoring points. But now it's to the point where if all your punches hurt, Let's stand there. Like, nobody else is going to stand there and trade with you. Block what you need to fight. Block, cut off the ring, be defensive-minded, but wreck people. You're not trying to win on points. You're trying to kill them. And ever since that point, he called it Mexican style. And Mexican style is that <laughs> he's going to stand there, he's going to bang with you. You know, people will say he's slow, but if, like, you look at him, he's methodical. He's going to come at you, he's going to break you apart. And he's not going to let you escape. I don't think he's that slow. Well, there's some people out there that think he's slow. And I don't... And, and his feet don't move as much as other fighters. But once again, he doesn't use a defensive, I guess, fighting style. Like, you don't have to move your feet that much. Well, no. He it, cuts off the ring, so he doesn't have to move. I mean, that's Mexican style. Like, <laughs> if you watch, if you, he's ripping a page out of the book of, like, Julio Cesar Chavez. Chavez was not fast by any stretch of the imagination. No. But you had nowhere to go when he was fighting. Because... I always go back to the Meldrick Taylor fight, which is one of my favorite fights of all time, is that it was 12 rounds of watching Meldrick Taylor win the fight, but watching Julio Cesar Chavez win the war, where every punch he hit Meldrick Taylor with, you know, the blood, the swelling. You're like, Meldrick, all he has to do is stay on his feet to win the fight. And he got knocked out in the last second of the 12 round because Chavez was so disciplined to breaking him down that even a faster, more skilled fighter couldn't beat him. The difference between Chavez and Golovkin is Golovkin's actually skilled, too. He just chooses to fight you that way. Yeah. We've never seen him pull the, pull the complete toolbox out because he hasn't needed to yet. We haven't seen him on his toes. He hasn't been tested that way yet. Nope. And, and he's, a, he's a guy. He has a great chin. He's never been knocked down in his life. So he says. I've never seen any tape of him being knocked down. But everything that I've ever heard from people in Ukraine and people that I've talked to, he's never been knocked down 360 fights. You got people in Ukraine? Just I need to step up my journalist game, just, man. I'm slipping. I don't. You got sources in Ukraine. His, his family from his family was down in Big Bear when I went and visited him. So his his cousin, his, I think it was cousin, his brother was there, and he was like, he's never been knocked down. He was like, I can attest to that. He was like, I can show you tape if you ever want to see it. But he's like, he's never, I've never seen him hurt, legitimately hurt, and knocked down. Scary thing to think. Yeah, it's crazy. Some. 
coming down the line. Someone's going to test that. Somebody's got. It's going to be Andre Ward if that fight ever happens. Oh, I don't know if Andre Ward has the power to knock him down. He, he's, the problem is Andre Ward's at 168. He's going to fight Sergey Kovalev. He has to get through Sergey first, who's my pound for pound best fighter in the world, Sergey Kovalev. But I think Ward's Ward's got that sense. But it, all this does is make boxing so much more interesting right now. Oh yeah, because the winner of Golovkin Lemieux is going to. Well, I don't know if, if Lemieux won it. I don't think he'd get it. But if Golovkin wins, he's going to fight Canelo Percoto. It's like, I mean, every, I think Golovkin's slogan should be like, you want to die? You ready to die? <laughs> like, because if you fight me, it's like you're choosing something that may alter your life. And, and I think Canelo and Cotto would both take that fight. They will. I and mean, I think those Cotto are both doesn't back down from anyone. No. Canelo's the same. Canelo will literally fight anyone. He's not scared of a lot. No, and that's, that's why we love them both. And... Whoever wins this war coming out of the 25, if it ends up being the war that I anticipated, <clears throat> fighting Golovkin's like, that's your prize? So thanks. Yeah. We'll be there front and center, though, which we is dope. Will. And uh, him fighting one of them pretty much puts the, that fight back here in Vegas, which Hopefully. is nice. Hopefully. They, if Cotto wins, they will be lobbying hard Barclays. for the guard. Yeah. Uh, Barclays Bar- is going to make a push. Yeah. If, if it's Cotto... Puerto Rico versus Golovkin, who's, you know, he's fighting at the Garden this weekend. It could be in New York. Yeah. If it's Cotto, okay. it'll be here, for sure. Canelo. I mean, I'm sorry. Canelo is definitely yeah. going to be here. But uh, Golovkin, Cotto, I hope ends up here. It's just me being selfish. The best if place it's Canelo, then they open up the new arena. Yeesh. That's a scary thought. That's a big fight. Because Cinco de Mayo is open now. Mayweather's gone. Yeah. Canelo is getting that next Cinco de Mayo fight. And Absolutely. If it's Golovkin, Canelo, Cinco de Mayo, open up the arena. Bananas. That, that's huge. And if Golovkin beats Canelo, which I would expect him to do on Cinco oh, de God. Mayo, like, <laughs> then he does the Floyd. He just fights every single de Mayo. Hey, Mexicans, come fight me. Just snatched him from him? Yeah, <laughs> he's just, just like, Canelo's like, I finally get the day. He's like, not anymore. Like, we'll take that from you. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, essentially in the next 12 months, we are going to figure out who's the best, the biggest draw in boxing. Like, we, we're still trying to figure out. Right now, I think Canelo is once Pacquiao has his last fight, we can talk about his ass for a minute. But I think Canelo's the biggest draw. But if Canelo were to lose to Cotto and Golovkin and Cotto were to fight, there's, there's so many ways we could look at who's the biggest draw in boxing. Yeah. I mean, shit, if Cotto beats Canelo, you can't tell him he's not the A side of the Golovkin car. No, you can't tell him, but Golovkin's side will tell him. Try to tell him. But I think, I think Abel and Tom Loeffler and the team at K2, they're going to have to take a backseat to Cotto. Cotto's got years yeah, in the game. Especially in New York. Yeah. Coming off of a win against, against yeah, Canelo. Yeah. It's crazy. I, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a two-way side fight, but it's, it's Cotto. You respect Cotto and what he's accomplished in the sport. Correct. So you do that. Canelo, that's a tough one, too, because Canelo's an A-side because he's, he's the draw. Yeah. He still says, hey, there's a reason why me and Mayweather broke the De La Hoya fight record. It wasn't because, just because of him, I contributed to that. Because we saw what Mayweather did against Birdo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shitty numbers. You got to have the right dance partner. So, Canelo's worth it. Um, it's about to be a, a fun 12 months in boxing, that's for sure. Hey, we'll be there for a lot of it, so I'm happy about that. Um, someone else we expect to see in the next 12 months? Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. So, um, I guess it's, his shoulders allegedly are like 80%, and he's talking about coming back next year. But he has to fight before May because he's running for... Senate. Yes, which from Congress to Senate. Which he'll win and he'll be out of office. That's all he has to Yeah, he said he, he says <laughs> that uh, it demands a lot more time and attention. Go for it. Politics versus punches and money. 
Because he'll do nothing now as a carpenter. <laughs> my issue with Pacquiao is this. The day he lost the main with oh, my shoulder, my shirt, my shoulder. Days after losing the main I watched the fight, I thought I won. And then it, it's been all these things. I want to rematch. Oh, the IV thing came out. He's a cheater. Everything, every excuse Pacquiao came up with, but then the one that came out just blew me away. He was doing uh, Filipino television, <laughs> and he essentially said he had a dream a month before the fight, and God told him he would lose a decision. And then he would lost the decision. He probably should have tried harder for the knockout. Right? But if he would have won, does that mean that you just told God, like, was that blasphemy if you beat Mayweather on that night? No. Then, Did you disobey God's law? Then God would have said it to motivate him. But now God predicted it. I, I, you know what? I'm just packing on his excuses if God has stopped. You lost. <laughs> you lost to the best fighter in the world. I don't care how you lost. I don't care how not exciting it was. You allowed the best fighter in the world to fight his fight and dominated you better than he dominated my Donna. He made you look like an amateur. Deal with it. Move on. You will never be as good as Floyd Mayweather. He got one more left in him. And I fight Amir Khan. Fight. You fight Amir Khan. Amir Khan came out and said he's not waiting on that. He's they're not going to wait, the but trigger. they're going <laughs> to... Yo, if they call Amir, Amir Khan, Khan tomorrow... Amir wants Kel Brook now. Yeah, it was so, so he said. Wanted Kel Look, Del Kel Brook has got a fight against Diego Chavez coming up, which is not no easy... It's not an easy fight. But, of course, Kel Brook wants the Amir Khan fight in the UK. Kel Brook's been... He's been lobbying for that fight forever. But if a Manny Pacquiao comes out tomorrow and says, me and you, you think Amir Khan's like, let me think about it. No, he's going to no, take a damn fight. He needs a big fight. Amir needs it. He, he got kicked to the curb. Like, when it's he like, fight last? Amir? He, now he beat up Devin Alexander. Yeah, but what? what was that was last December. Last December. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He beat up Chris Algieri in a, in a hell of a fight where Algieri hit him way more than he should have oh, got yeah. hit in May, right after the Mayweather fight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So... But, he, you know, he needs to stay active. You know, he's no spring chicken either. But you fight Pacquiao. It's the biggest fight that could be made. Manny needs a dance party. I don't see Manny fighting Keith Thurman. I don't see Manny fighting anybody over there in Heyman's camp. You know, that, that's... No. So, I mean... Bradley again. Not happening. That's absolutely not happening. At all. Never. Won't happen again. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Americana is the only fight that makes sense. It's a big fight. It could be your last fight. It could be a knockout. You know, I know Manny wants to take it to Asia. It's fight. You're fighting in Vegas. That's all there is to it. Think about your taxes. Think about your money. Think about it's, it's Vegas. It's mega box. He always wants to fight in Asia. Yeah, so whatever. But Pacquiao needs to fight Amerikan. Just sign it. Get it done. Shut up about Mayweather and go beat up Amerikan if that's what you could do. If you lose to Amerikan who trained with you, there's a lot of backstory with you and Freddie Roach and Amerikan being with Freddie, being sparring partners. Amir has said that he's beating you up sometimes in training. Fight him. Fight him. Shut it down. Like, there's only one way to put Mayweather behind you. And I still think Pacquiao is one of the best in that division. He um, is. Absolutely. He loses Khan, though. That's all out the window. Yeah. Like, no, Manny Pacquiao is still one of the best fighters in the, in the sport. We knock him down the pound for pound with this how bad he looked against Floyd Mayweather. But you fight Khan. Like, look, you're, you're the Frazier to Ali. That's all it is. Like, yeah. Doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you bad, but there's somebody that was better than you. Even, but Frazier at least beat Ali. Like, Manny didn't beat for him. He didn't even come close. He didn't even pinch him. So, God damn it, his box. He could barely breathe on. Yeah, like he. Oh man, that was rough. That was, that was rough <laughs> to spend all that money and to have all that, and you come out there and lay that piece of shit. The monkey, the money is keeping him warm. Yeah, the money. Of course, that hundred million dollars. Like I would be sleeping in that money. Yeah, got got out of debt. 
He's chilling right now. You live like a king yeah. in the Philippines with that. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. He's funding that entire run for Senate with yeah. the, just the Mayweather. Like, he can win and then, like, hire a team to cut off a portion of the island and then call it Manny Lane. And that's it. Everybody comes to Manny Lane. Uh, he has about, like, 13 kids. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Nah, that dude is a baby-making machine. We <laughs> never talk about that. We talk about, like, Kenny Anderson and the other athletes. We never talk about Manny Pacquiao and his legion of children. Oh, God. The legion of boom. <laughs> he can't play. He has a football squad. Do they, do they play football in the Philippines? Uh, uh, he's got some cricket. girls. Cricket. <laughs> I think they play cricket in the Philippines. I don't know. Soccer. I don't know what they do. Oh, my God. He plays basketball. How about that? Right. You got to start in five. WNBA and NBA. True. Everyone's five foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So now we got to talk wrestling before we get out of here. Uh, Raw was whacked. Again. Again. Um, the New Day gets a push, though. I mean, the New days they're just going to be good every year. No matter what happens on Raw, they're going to be good every year. Really? When do they run out? Or when do... You can only get so over. Like, Well, see... Before the fun stops. They, they, the line you got to give them something fresh. Yeah, the line of thinking with the WWE is, is that they're going to be so over, they're going to turn a face and ruin it. That's essentially what's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's hard to keep a, a, such a good heel team healed forever. I mean, you even look at Stone Cold. Stone Cold was a heel. And then people were like, fuck it, I like the heel. And the New Day are just they're super over. Everything they say is golden. The matches are good. They're fun to watch. Um, but they're the only thing worth watching on Raw right now. I mean, even Kevin Owens, like, some of the matches, I'm like, man. The, fight with, the match with Kalisto was good. Oh, yeah. Kalisto has some moves. I mean, Kalisto was good. Like, I tweeted it. I was like, yo, he could be the next Rey Mysterio. He should be the next. <laughs> like, get him out. When you said that, yeah. I was like, damn. Get him out of the, the botch mania with Sin and have him go singles and figure it out. Send him back to NXT. I don't know what you got to do. Do something with Kalisto. But anyway, be good in NXT. So let's talk about Raw. And my, there's, there's a couple of things I want to... First of all, I'm sick of this whole Demon Kane. Thing. Rollins loses again. I find it funny. I mean, I, I find the, the Kane acting like it's not him. I mean, it's funny, but I, he... We want to see it from El Generico. Which we were right. Yeah, but... Yeah. Hey, I'll take it with Kane. But it's hilarious. So here's my problem, because first, Kane was completely oblivious to what anybody was talking about. Now Kane is aware that he's Demon Kane, right? He kind of acknowledges it because he knows he's wrestling Rollins. Yeah. And he knows he's booking himself against Rollins. And then he beats Rollins clean in a lumberjack match, which was like, can we make our champion look any weaker? They're trying. <laughs> I mean, they, they are trying. Like, how low can we go? Mark Henry's going to beat him next. When Mark Henry beats you, who's on the biggest slide of all time, I don't remember the last time I saw Mark Henry win, win a match. Has to be three years. All right, so Kane beats Rollins. Rollins looks weak again, right? All right, that's enough of that. Hell in the Cell is in a few weeks. Rollins is going to win. Of course. Whatever. John Cena's now taking a hiatus, so it looks like Rollins is going to hold that title for a second. He should, but he got to make him look strong. I'm tired of the Weasley champ, and I keep saying it every show until they make Rollins look strong. Like, how did you... Everything about Rollins is like five star until the end of the match, because he never wins clean. No, he has, he has like, a horrible finish now. Yeah, he has the these great matches. Like the pedigree's got to go. It just doesn't look natural on Seth Rollins. It doesn't. It's not good for him. Uh, the curve stomp was perfect. I, I wish they didn't change it. Yeah, they sh- they should have never got rid of it. I understand why they did, because kids would probably get curve stomp all through America. But curve stomp is just an excellent move. Kids got to take that out. So, I mean, speaking of Cena, so Cena had a match with Ziggler that was actually really good. He had a really close near fall where uh, Ziggler got out of the AA and super kicked Cena and almost got the three count. But, so I guess Ziggler might be the next U.S. champ. Like, 
Really? It looks like that, right? It, it looks like it, but Cena has to drop the belt. I mean, he doesn't have to. He's John Cena. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He's just gonna leave with the belt. Yeah, he'll just like he'll leave like with the belt. Like wherever he goes, he's still wearing that belt. That's the type of guy John Cena is. Oh, he's leaving the film. I heard reality a, show. I heard it like a fitness reality show. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll cool. Take, it's gonna take eight weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't think he should leave with the belt, but they haven't built up an angle for him. For Hell in a Cell. And that, so are you just going to parade it out as an open challenge and surprise people? That, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like we, we teased the Ziggler thing. We got Ziggler. Ziggler lost, but it was very close, right? So Cesaro was everything in a book. I hate the Ziggler. I hate Every it time. I was like, damn. And it's only Ziggler that makes it look decent. But overall, it's just a stupid move. Um, oh, I, Finn I, I, Balor's sling blade is better than the zigzag. I know, but it's you know it's sling blade. It's, it looks and he cool. had like eight finishers. He has the super kick. He, he has the fame master. He, he has. He's just a super kick. That should be it. Dolph Ziggler, HBK is gone. Super kick. Just do super kick. Unfortunately, the Young Bucks have made the super kick a regular move, so yeah. you, it doesn't knock anybody out. But Dolph Ziggler's finisher what is the Young Bucks. Uh, more bang for your buck used to be the finisher, and then the, uh, the tombstone. Uh, oh, this is the yeah the driver. Yeah. Well, Meltzer driver. He does a full drive. Too technical. Anyway, <laughs> but um, but Ziggler looks like he's in line to get that shot. But I'm I have a feeling that they may go into Hell in a Cell with a four corner match with Cena, somebody, Ziggler and Biggie, because Biggie beat up Ziggler. Ziggler's but New Day is against. Let's. Listen, uh, double Dumbly Boy. I don't know. Like, there's a third member of the New Day that can... Xavier Woods can punch in. I don't know how they do this. Big E should be in this match. He should be going after the U.S. title. I want to see the U.S. title in the New Day with the World Tag Team title. But that's why I'm guessing one of them are going to get the title, and that's going to be the right It should be that's Big why e. they carried out Ziggler. Right. That's what I'm figuring the angle is so going. So if Ziggler gets the belt, he's now feuding with Big E or Kofi all of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess he just defends the title against every single one of them. Every Reverse week. rule. We yeah. All at once. Who cares? Um, oh, if they all hold the title, that'd be dope. I mean, because if you ever listen to them talk, they never refer to, you know, they, they're the title. Like, we're the U.S. champion. That's what they said. Like, we're going to be the U.S. champion. So, like, a collective thing. Whatever belts they have, <laughs> it's, they all own pass it. it around. Yeah, it's like they're married. It's like, you know, it's not, it's not even 50-50. It's like, it's, this is us. Community problem. Um, also on Raw, which is basically... Watching the WWE scramble was, hey, guess what? Lana and Rusev are engaged in real life, and it's on TMZ. What are you going to do about this shitty angle you've been shoving down our throats for the past few months? Correct. We're going to blow it up. Finally. Summer is over. Literally. Like, Summer, like summer, summer is completely on the outs with this because she has nothing to do with it. Because now, also, the only Ziggler's thing... moved on. They had to pull him out. They had to pull him out of the angle. I just wonder if the WWE was privy to this before it broke. Because if they were blindsided by this, Rusev might be getting buried in the near future. <laughs> because he completely, like, yo, K, forget it. No kayfabe here. Like, no kayfabe at all. The picture of him laying in, down in the That's hotel room. like, he was yelling it on Twitter. He's like, kayfabe. No. <laughs> like, yo. The picture of Rusev on TMZ laying in, like, uh, presumed to be a hotel room bed. The remote with, on his stomach. With the remote on his belly. And Lana in the ring was priceless. That's but amazing. when Vince McMahon, that's the American dream, right? When Vince McMahon, Bulgarian dream, whatever. Vince saw that picture and had to be livid. Like, who knew about this? So, I figure there's two questions here. One, who is Summer Rae going to get to feud with Rusev? Because 
that's the only way you keep her relevant in any type of angle with Rusev. And do you bring Lana back, and does she become a heel? Oh, or she goes right back to Rusev. But does she, is she a heel when she comes? Is Rusev a heel? Yeah. Well, yes, he has to go back to being a heel. So Lana becomes a heel again? Yeah. So she uh, she takes back the... the Rusev, crush. She goes she right back. She takes that all back. Let's go. I have to suspend my belief in reality because of how this whole thing is played out. Because okay. it essentially wants us to forget everything that happened. Yes. Which it, I'm fine with. And, like, Lana just has to, you know, whatever. You were banging Summer Rae for those few short months, but you've been getting ready to propose to me the entire time? Cool. Right. We're a team. I just wonder if the WWE is going to let them live or they're going to look at this like, you assholes, we're going to bury you for this. Nah, Rusev is still, once again, there's only so many heels. I know. So he, he has a place. He, he has just a place. has to bring it back. Lana will come back. Um, I'm assuming he feuds with The Miz now because The Miz seems like a Summer Rae type of dude. Remember The Miz? Once upon a time, he headlined the WrestleMania against John Cena. And CM Punk could not. <laughs> Jesus. WWE's uh, logic right there. Uh, but I, I just see the Miz. He's not doing anything. Who else could she do? I don't know. That's, that's why I'm looking around and I'm like, she's got to get something. Like, I just feel like she has to have somebody. I don't know who else is on the mid-card right now. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just really at a loss of, of legitimate... Ambrose is doing nothing. I guess, I guess yeah, but some rain, Ambrose is... I wouldn't mind Ambrose with the icy time. I wouldn't mind it either, but I just don't. I don't want to see Ambrose anywhere near someone. Like, it just kind of just convoluted his whole crazy character. He, he, the titty master, who's affectionately called. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't seem like anybody would settle down with somebody like Summer Rae. Titty master. He's titty master. He's going to get like breaking breaking away from this really quick. Did you watch the the table of three with Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, and Sasha? I did. That was good. Okay. I like the table of three series. The greatest thing about watching the table of three is that. Cesaro seems like he's Cesaro, but he seems a little different. Kevin Owens is not a heel Kevin Owens. He seems a little different. Dean Ambrose it's acts Dean like Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Yeah. No. <laughs> Eating with his hands. Like, he just doesn't care. At all. It made me like him that much more. He's always a character. Love or his character is always him. Yeah. I can't tell. There's no separating the two. No. He is, and I hate using the word of Jace, he is Brian Pillman of Jace. He is. He is the reincarnation of flying Brian Pillman. They look very similar. To Everything about I saw about Brian him. Pillman the other day. I'm like, that's the act just like Ambrose. Yo, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Pillman is Dean Ambrose's daddy and <laughs> he just he never just knew. Doesn't know. <laughs> um, going back to Raw, I had this another thing. So Roman Reigns talked a lot. I didn't like anything that he said. Um, I hope they end this Bray Wyatt feud soon. But now I'm running into a new problem: Braun Strowman. Watching Strowman, because, they, you know, they, they tout him as this 400, near 400-pound 400 behemoth. Nobody can get him off his feet. He's unbeatable. He has to lose eventually because he's not the type of guy who's getting a, a Brock Lesnar-type monster push. No. He's but not they're building him up, too. But so when – how do you – how do you – you protect him because that's what they're essentially doing in, in this feud. You're protecting him. And now on the pre-show, which is hilarious, Strowman and Luke Harper against uh, Orton and Ambrose. Is on the, the Hell in a Cell pre-show. That's a good match. Yeah, which means Harper's going to have to take the fall more than likely, or one of them. Strowman's not going to lose. No. But how much longer can you protect him? And then when he... The challenges of making him lose, and then what? It's like finding the weak spot on somebody in a video game and exploiting it. And so how do you do this? And like, then you put him into an odd love triangle, like they did Rusev. Because oh, oh. <laughs> Rusev was just Strowman. He was. Like unbeatable. Unbeatable. And then you lose, and then it's like you have nowhere to go but to continue losing. And that's what they do, and 
I think they're building him up so Reigns could beat him. You think Reigns still continues to feud with the Wyatts after this? Yeah, I think he moves away from Bray and too strong. And I think he's the first man to beat the unbeatable. I mean... And then know, it makes him look strong. You're true. And then you put him into the Rumble. And then he wins. Oh, God, no, he can't win the Rumble. He's won, he's he can't win Rumble. it again. He can't win it back-to-back. He's he can't, winning it again. He can't. I don't want him to. <laughs> I just... I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to break your heart. He's winning it again. No. No, you, you ever see the Michael Scott thing from The Office? Where yeah. he's like, Yo, that's exactly what I'm having in my mind right by now. By hook or by crook, he's going to win it. Um, I get everything that you're saying. It just would only work, in my mind, if we didn't get beat over the head with this Bray Wyatt feud for what feels like a goddamn eternity. Which what? It started in August, so it wasn't that long. No, it didn't start in August. It started at Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Which was what? June? I don't, it feels yeah. like forever. I don't. When is Sheamus going to cash in? He ain't doing shit either. I feel like Seamus needs to have a match for the briefcase and just give it to somebody else. That's what I always do. <laughs> like, you're never going to catch the thing. Give it to Reigns. Have Reigns fight for the briefcase. Do something. Um, but, yeah, that all makes sense. Like I said, if, it, if I wasn't so tired of this angle, it makes sense to make Roman look strong. I just, just Roman just doesn't do it. Like, he still hasn't. He seems like he's Got getting better. He's incrementally getting better, but not fast enough to be fast-tracked to a title. It's not even, even fast-tracked anymore. Brock Lesnar got fast-tracked to a title shot. Roman Reigns still has work to do. And I feel like him being in this Bray Wyatt thing was, like, developmental for him. Because, like, he kept him out of the spotlight. catch him. That's huh? the problem. If you don't <laughs> fast-track him, they are going to catch him. Because once you turn Joe heel, you, and you have no other heels, Joe is going to hit main roster and be fast-tracked. I have, I don't, you know what? And I don't want to talk, talk about that too much because what shows going to be long enough as it is. I don't know if Joe's ever going to make the main roster. I have this feeling that they've, they've kind of brought him there to be there. And I don't know if, like, if he makes the main roster, I don't think he gets the most support. Like, if I'm, if I'm, you know, NXT is today, we're recording the show before NXT is. I just have this feeling that Joe has is, is been, not through any fault of his own, but they've had him on, like, cruise control through the entirety of NXT. And it's only doing things to hurt his career. Because he's not brought in like he was in TNA. He's not like the guy he was in ROH. He's good. But he's not, nothing sticks out about him. So I can't see him getting a monster push on the main roster until he gets the title in NXT. Yeah. And in order to do that, he's going to have to beat Finn Balor. In order to do that, Finn Balor has to be leaving. That's not, a, that's not until probably WrestleMania, which means Joe still has like another year toiling in NXT. Definitely. So I don't know. I don't know. And, I mean, that's, that's the case, though. I mean, Joe... As a heel can get the push, because a heel can get the push quick, as we've seen in Kevin Owens. Right. Um, a face getting the push is Finn Balor. Once Finn hits, you're not slowing down that train. No, he's to the move. If you do slow down the train, you ruin Yeah, like you're, what, you get two feuds out of him before he has to be in the title picture? Yeah, you got to move him quick. You get a Bray Wyatt feud, possibly another Kevin Owens, right into the title picture. I mean, yeah. Unless you let him rock with the IC title. He's getting some belt. Somebody's coming up off that belt. A Finn Balor-Seth Rollins match at next year's WrestleMania, following year's WrestleMania, would be amazing. Crazy. And, but I, I, you know, I don't think Seth Rollins is going to be healed that much longer. I still am leaning towards Seth Rollins versus Triple H at Mania. If they don't do the, the triple threat with the Shield for the title, one or two of those things could possibly happen. 
But I, I don't know if they keep Rollins here for that long. It's so bad. It's crazy because Rollins has been such a douchebag. I can't imagine him being a fence. I can't picture <laughs> Like, I can't picture him being a fence. But it's so easy because he's so weak. Yeah, I know. He's so unbelievably weak. Treat him like shit. I, I, man, I, something just needs to shake up. Because I feel like it's just so stuck. Like, the characters are stuck in stupid feuds. They're just buying time. I know it's the dog days of wrestling, pretty much, is what we're going through. We do it every, we go through every, this every year. year. But now it's like, let's shake something up. Like, Daniel Bryan needs to return. Well, he, he just needs to get cleared. Because that's the shake up. I mean, also, here's the other thing that really sucks is your big four events have become the big three. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Survivor Series has been eliminated from the big four, essentially. It's not a big event anymore. Yeah. What do we, like... Do we need to go back to the old five-on-five elimination-style matches? Like, we need to do something to make Survivor Series special. That good. Either, but yeah, but it but was, what I'm, what it I'm was thinking, a good gimmick. I guess. See, what I'm thinking is, like, if you, you have to go back to, to the elimination-style matches and make them mean something, like number one entry in the Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, not number one, number 30. Like, they need to mean, like, Survivor Series needs to mean something. Because now the biggest match is Hell in a Cell, Lesnar, Undertaker which got two video packages on Raw, which is ridiculous. I don't need to watch a video package twice on the same show, which basically means you don't need a three-hour show. But after Hell in a Cell, Lesnar's going to take a break, Taker's going to take a break, and you're going to go into Survivor Series in November. Cena's out. Where, where are we going with this? I mean, you have Raw. <laughs> Again, but he's, he's, he's the weak champ. So it's like whatever feud he gets engages in, it's, it's hard to be... It's hard to be moved by a lot that's going on, but Survivor Series has to mean something. There has to be something that says you will get a spot in the Royal Rumble. It has to mean something for the next big pay-per-view because Survivor Series is pointless. It used to be all about December. December is... I don't care. TLC? Armageddon? I don't know. I I don't remember. People said it was TLC. Did they move it? Did they move it to December? I think so. You have to look it up. See, we need need stack guy. We need stack guy. But... December paper, they don't mean anything either. Like, when I, when I watch, my, like, I go through all, all wrestlers. For those who, you're not with us, but right now in the background, I have a bunch of old Tyler Black ROH matches. And They're incredible. I didn't know him and Daniel Bryan team. Yes. Tyler Black, who was Seth Rollins in the WWE, was amazing in ROH. So I, the things that you see him do here, it's like, no wonder he does this stuff on the, on the main roster. They don't let him fly either. No. Well, you can't. Heels don't fly. That's, That's what everyone says. Heels, heels don't, don't fly. fly. Flying is a face move. Eddie Guerrero was one hell of a heel. He was. And he flew. But he frog splashed. He didn't fly as much. When there's a face, he flew a lot more. It's, it's a weird they thing. They don't let Seth fly at all. No, Seth does no flying. Either. He's very, he ground. He's grounded. He does a Phoenix splash and misses it every they time. They treat him like Triple H. <laughs> but, um. Like, he's not unathletic. Like, can we just get out of that? So, I mean, Survivor Series essentially means nothing anymore. And I used to like those, those, you know, uh. TLC, team. December 13th. So it is TLC. Which means we're getting a New Day versus Dudley Boys TLC. Yes. Which I'm all in for. Me which, too. randomly, primetime players just completely out of the title picture. We just forgot about them. Yeah, guys. but they need to bring in, like, a new tag team for the TLC. Uh, they do. I mean, Usos need to come back. Jimmy should be healed up soon, I would hope. Oh, that'd be dope. I always thought they'd be a great third They team would. They something. would. They just need to be healed up. Um, but Survivor Series is meaningless, and I just need it to mean something again. And that's that. The other thing I noticed on Raw is... Why Sasha Banks cried? Because you're back on the main roster. After, <laughs> after watching that brilliant match with her and Bailey at TakeOver, Sasha's standing outside of the ring watching a match where she has basically tapped out every diva on the main roster 
and is not in the title picture. And fans across the arena screaming, we want Sasha. Yep. She's like in the, the strangest purgatory of them all. Right it's horrible. She cried because she had to come to the main roster. Becky Lynch is now wrestling more than Sasha Banks. Yeah, and Becky Lynch is good. I, I like Becky Lynch. I, I thought they should let her wrestle more. She got like two moves in, tagged out, and then it was all sharp. Yo, it's like, yo, the Divas are like, this is what they, they should call their matches the get your shit in matches. Because you got like three good minutes to run in, pull off a couple, and get out. That's it. Because the tag match sucked. You know, in Italian, the whole page angle sucked. Like, it all sucks. And watching, just watching Sasha have to sit around and watch all this crap, it's, it's heartbreaking. Doing Bay dirty. I would I would have cried too. She cried on my shoulder. So there was it was a saving grace out of wrestling this week. Um, which was New Japan. Yeah. Kings of Wrestling was this week. By the way, if Sasha's listening, we can start our new thing. NJPW and chill. I'm gonna get it going. You, <laughs> they got the network. You really did that. Yeah. Goddamn, Michael. You really. <laughs> you really just did that. Just putting it out there. Holy shit. It's the new. It's the new wave. Yo, all my wrestling marks out there. You need the NJPW and shit. That's how you got to do it. If you want to get a girl and she likes violence, you turn on some New Japan, get the butt. Do your thing. That, that's how it is. Just don't, don't speak do it. no English. The only problem is you can't do it in the main event because you're paying too much attention. You got to get in one of those in-between matches, like the, those multiple main <laughs> Whatever Red matches. Dragon is on. Whatever Red Dragon is on, just face out. So look, so the Kings of Wrestling was this weekend, which we'll, we're going to cap off our podcast with. Um, I, watched, I just finished watching the show before the podcast. It was another great show. Uh, but I do want to immediately talk about the Red Dragon Rapongi Vice match with the botch finish. Uh, what did you think about the match going into it and then the shitty turn? Well, you know, I never look forward to Red Dragon matches in New You're Japan because they are always going to win. Well, true. All the time. Like I, I told you their record's the like 30 and 2 now. Is <laughs> They've only lost like two I've never matches. seen them lose. They don't lose. It's so crazy. I'm just like, okay, I know how this is going to go. Um, the botched finish by the ref, it's kind of like, okay, you cut it short. A couple more moves come off. I don't care. That's fine. It was the same ending. Like, you didn't mess up the ending. You didn't make them lose. But it gave some intrigue to it, at least. It was like, okay, like, I watched this match for a week. You know. Um, but outside of that, I've seen Red Dragon. I've seen what they can do just over it. Maybe it's because they're in three different promotions. Red Dragon. Maybe because they win everywhere. <laughs> I'm just, I'm over it. Like, they're just a notch above the kingdom. No, that's that's just a, disrespectful. Just a notch above. Yeah, there's so much better stuff than I never got to see. No, they're better wrestling. But things I don't have to see again. Red Dragon winning is like right up. Well, Red Dragon winning. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Kyle O'Reilly needs a single. Honestly, I've always Michael been a big. I, I've always been big on big on O'Reilly with Kyle Fitch. But um, the botch finish was and they're funny. the bot bit. Yeah. They are the Bob Villains. Like, you bring them to NXT, those guys are the Bob Villains. <laughs> strap them up, yeah, they're the Bob Villains. You get rid of them, nobody knows the difference. Um, it, I thought the botch finish was the funniest thing because the ref did not give a goddamn what anybody said. He counted the three. He was like, either you fucked up or you fucked up. I didn't fuck <laughs> up. You're ringing this bell because I counted the three. Like, later on on the show, I think Red Shoes is the referee during the, the Tanahashi Naito match. And he clearly has, like, a super delayed count. <laughs> just uh, yeah, just to make sure Tanahashi kicks out. The referee in the, in the Red Dragon Rapungi Vice match, there was nothing delayed. He was like, I'm counting. Either you get out of this shit now or not. <laughs> and they didn't. And Rocky Romero was so pissed off. 
He went over to Kevin Kelly and Matt Stryker, which I'm so glad they had the English commentary. It wasn't it bad. Was nice. Nice change. Kevin Kelly and Matt Stryker were good on English commentary, but it lacks the emotion because I don't know what the hell the Japanese commentators say, but boy, those guys got me going. At least you still get the Japanese crowd. Yeah. Oh. oh. And, and the one Whoa. woman, the woman that's always in the crowd, they go, <laughs> Yo, anybody who watches a New Japan show, I don't know who this chick is. She must go to every show. You got to get her on the show. She know what she's saying. She says it, like, it, it, unless there's a bunch of women that have the same exact voice, they do the same thing. It's always one girl. I never hear the same girl at Raw. I never see her at ROH, PWG, Evolve. <laughs> None of that. Oh, randomly, Sami Zayn's book for Evolve. Did you see that? Yeah, non-wrestling. Is it a non-wrestling book? Non-wrestling book. Which is unfortunate. Did you see that Kevin Owens blocked Gabe on, on Twitter for posting that? I did. That was That's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> Kevin Owens' Twitter page. Yo, Kevin Owens needs to be a champion. Maybe he gets the title. He won't. But maybe he needs to get the title. You never know. He won't. He's, he's fast-tracked everything. He won't. He won't get the title. Don't worry. He's, he's going to be an intercontinental champion for like ever. And then they'll get him there, but not in the next six days. He won't. Mania? No. Maybe next year, SummerSlam. No. Anyway, um... Yeah, I gotta find out who that girl is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the ref didn't care, and I, when the match ended, I was like, that sucked. But it just wasn't a standout match to me to begin with. Um, but the Ishii Makabe match with a never title, the Ishii won, I, I just love watching Ishii wrestle because they just beat the shit out of each other. Okay, I didn't understand that match because I was like, what belt is this? It's, their, it's not the hardwood, but the never belt is. Uh, I was like, it's really called the Never Belt? Because once again, when stuff is in Japanese, I don't know what is what. Like, as far as belts <laughs> and all this shit. So having English commentary, I was like, what the hell is the Never Belt? And I was like, is it an acronym? Like, what? It's kind of like the European title in Japan. Okay. I mean, I guess you can listen. It's, it's just a Okay. Um, it has I, cause I had no clue what but they were match, wrestling for. But it was a good match. Dude, just watch those guys. Like, we should just... It's the only belt that changed hands. That is the only belt that changed hands. The only belt I expected to change um, I didn't expect... That AJ Styles match, though. Well, but I understand, and I didn't expect it to change hands just because I've been listening to you for months, yes. and I knew what was coming. Tanahashi and Okada are good for Wrestle Kingdom. All they did was just for Malley to get the win. Um, but the Ishii match was great. If you like strong style wrestling, it looks like UFC and two guys really laying into each other. Akabi and Ishii just kind of put on that type of show. I don't know how Ishii fakes these headbutts because he really kind of lays into people with headbutting. And I'm like, God damn. It was like, what, five headbutts or yeah. something? <laughs> and the lariats, I'm just like, you guys are stiff with everything. I would, if I was a finesse wrestler, don't ever put me in the Ishii. <laughs> great match, though. Um, the tag match sucked with Nakamura. Like, I, I didn't need to see that against the Bullet Club because they're basically... Oh. We're basically going to a Carl Anderson Nakamura match in Wrestle Kingdom more than likely. Um, the Kenny Omega Matt Seidel match was really good. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. Um, once again, Seidel is a guy that you kind of like. I, I think he's decent. I don't think and he's great. I think he's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think there was an article I read about like his WWE run. Never bored. Yeah, I just read it like a couple days ago. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I remember everything. I was like, that is fine. And then I was just like, I don't like him any more now than I did then. Like, I, I don't feel like he got jobbed out or something. Like, no, no, he didn't. He was, he was, he got dropped for a reason. Someone like wrote an article yeah. that like he should have got a strong push. No. And he could have been like champion in the face. He could have been Rollins. What Rollins is now. I'm I never like, saw that. No, I, I never saw that with Matt Sider. I never saw it before he came to WWE or after. But the match with Kenny Omega still kind of proved to me that a Kenny Omega break for the Bullet Club is kind of essential because he's really good. 
and a few with AJ Styles would be great for me to watch. Um, and they kind of alluded to it in some of the pay-per-views where Omega's kind of looking around like, why the Bullet Club get involved in the matches, stay away. But that match was good. The finish was good. How he switched his finisher from left to right. Kenny Omega's good. Um, Once again, for a title. Yeah. Tanahashi versus Naito. I told you the Naito's been like my favorite breakthrough performer this year. Yes. The change, the, his heel change has been the greatest thing. I thought, for me, listening to Japanese commentary, I didn't know what the eye thing was, but when they explained that it was his eyes opening to the racism and the injustice that he's been served throughout his career, made me like him even more. <laughs> like I thought it was so, like I was like, okay, that's better, that's brilliant. Um, but that, that was a good match. Tanahashi's basically John Cena. Tanahashi, and he's growing on me. I'm, I'm starting to like Tanahashi more. He's a rock he star. has a look. Yeah, like he has the look. I understand. He's older. He's still buff as hell. Is he older? Yeah, Tanahashi's been around for a while. So we're talking about his bad back. He doesn't look that old. No, he's like well, he's like an old rock star. He's crazy. He's kind of, you know, weather the storm is still here. Watching that match, the Bullet Club gets involved. Um, well, I'm sorry, Bullet Club, that's the thing about the economy. Uh, we, we find out that... Uh, Wantanabe is actually the masked man that's with Naito. Man, yeah. He jumps in with the ref bump. They beat the shit out of Tanahashi. Looks like Naito's going to win. The, the faces come in. Goto and Shibata and them beat the shit out of Wantanabe. And, and Tanahashi takes two fly lows and gets the finish for the one, two, three. And I shrugged my shoulder and said, Naito's not getting a title <laughs> shot. Like he's, he's on a great run, but he's being Kevin Owens right now. He's a great heel. He's not getting a title shot at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. It's Tanahashi and Okada, which leads us to Okada and AJ Styles. I loved the match. Thought it was a good match. Um, once again, I thought AJ Styles was going to win. Uh, Styles clash, like he faked like what, four of them, like yeah. got reversed or something crazy. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was on when I came in here to record this. I caught the tail end of it again. Um, great match. I mean, AJ Styles is AJ Styles. He's not going to get the push over there. No, uh, he had his push. Well, he, there you go. He's not getting it again. The built-in story is Tanahashi and Okada. Like Russell Kingdom is Tanahashi beat Okada, and now there's you know, built-in rivalry. Um, but, yeah, going back to watching AJ Styles, it's just like you watch him, you go, his contract's supposedly up at the end of the year. Is there any way that we're going to be And if I'm AJ Styles, do I tell you, like, you need to pass that contract to the roster to for a real person? Or am I fine being in NXT? Like, I think they're. I don't even think they're offering people main roster fast track pushes. If you age your styles, you're so accomplished. It just kind of feels. I mean, so is everyone. But I'm Joe just is just middling in NXT. Sky's made their debuts on debuts on the main roster. Like Braun Strowman, we didn't see him on the main roster. True. So where I mean, did he come from? I don't know. I think he was he was somebody else. He might have been somewhere. I don't know. I have no idea what he's going. I don't know either. But yeah, he was. Just a straight main roster. Um, but in the case of AJ Styles, when you watch him have these great performances, he seems like he's built for NXT, which is going to lead me to my next point. Because NXT, NXT is just hard work. NXT is this. This is here's my issue. <laughs> so AJ Styles is going to end his run. Okada is going to be. I don't know if they're going to re up with New Japan or what, because that means the Bullet Club may dissolve. I don't know what happens with AJ Styles. Either. AJ Styles basically took Finn Balor's place. Prince Devin, perfectly. Um, NXT, you know that Balor's going to be on his way. You know that possibly Joe will be on his way. All these guys are, are being built to be on their way. NXT is very hot right now. 
they're out, they're already talking about next WrestleMania the NXT shows going to be before. How do you sustain this business long term if you're if guys are coming in and going up to the main roster sooner or later you're going to dry up the independent scene and you're going to just really have to either rely on homegrown talent or you're going to have to slow the pace down on fast tracking guys in the main roster or the main roster is going to co-opt the NXT style. What's going to happen? How are you going to sustain it? NXT is going to grow and it's it's going to take over SmackDown. That's, that's all that's going to happen. SmackDown's going to go. NXT is going to be the indie-looking promotion on Thursdays on network television. It's going to move off of the network, uh, off of WWE network. And then I think you just move fluidly between the two. I, I think it's no longer going to be indie. See, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you sold out Barclays. I mean, everybody talks about it's such a big deal to sell out Barclays in New York to sell out. I, I, I don't think so. Here's my, my turn. It's a big deal if you sell out Memphis. It's a big deal if you sell out a Vegas. It's, I expected Barclays to be sold out for NXT takeover. I don't, expect, I don't know if these smaller markets are going to take to NXT like the bigger markets do. Well, they're traveling the smaller markets tra- and traveling. building. Right. So, but I'm just saying is if you're losing your stars to the main roster because you, you're essentially getting out the old guard, the Canes and the Big Show, they're all got to be gone. you got to move these guys up. Can you sustain? Because, like, even the women's division, because Bailey can't be there forever. Bailey's got to go. She's got to go to the main roster eventually. Sooner or later, you're going to hit a block where you can't funnel in any more great talent. So do you keep them there? And it, like you said, maybe, do you make it a sack to SmackDown? Is that sustainable? Because NXT is the, is what's keeping people to the network right now. Yeah, so it's, that's rough. Um, hopefully people just don't drop the network. And that's, that's the gamble you're going to have to take. But NXT is going to get that big. You think so? Yeah, and I think they tested it already. So they tested it with Owens. What happens if we just have our champion show up every week on Raw? And it caught fire. So why can't you have an AJ Styles fight in NXT and be NXT champion or Joe be NXT champion, show up for a Raw and then have a match on your pay-per-view? Why can't you fight in Survivor Series and then just go back to NXT? Well, and this is why I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. In ECW, not the WWE co-opting ECW. ECW made it to TN, TNT, whatever. TNT. No, no, TNN. TNN, they were TNN. ECW got a television. And what made ECW so great was the underground aspect of it, that not everybody really watched it, and you were like a diehard fan. It's like hip-hop. Like, the day that your favorite act goes mainstream, you don't like it. Yeah. And when ECW got a television deal, and then all the turmoil that came with it, and caused you know Paul Heyman to have to dissolve it and give it to the way he continued to do it, and just took a giant shit on the product. <laughs> but once you hit television, it's a different audience. You have to service kids. NXT doesn't necessarily have to service kids, except for the one kid who goes to watch family every week. <laughs> but everything else that's involved with NXT is very indie. It has a very my, this is my thing, and I'm presenting it to you. Like, there's still people who haven't watched NXT yet, and you're like, you watch wrestling, but you don't watch NXT? Watch this. But once you put it on a grand Talk to those people all the time, too. I'm like, what? You don't watch there's NXT? There's a lot of people like, who don't on. watch it. But once you put it on national television, with, tele- with commercial breaks, with ads, 
With the WWE's forced commentary where they have to plug things like Snickers, you see goddamn Mountain Dews on the table. Once you do that to NXT and you're co-opted to make a commercial, it loses its luster. Because the wrestling style won't even be the same on television. Like ECW had to tone it down when they got to TV. Yeah. So I don't know if NXT can sustain. Like, hopefully the network's a long-term thing. Hopefully they don't tinker with it too much. But when anything gets too successful, just like the New Day, they end up co-opting it and ruining it. And I hope that doesn't happen with NXT. And I'm dropping the mic. That's all I'm say. Well, hopefully Vince stays out of it, man. Leave it to Triple H. I have faith in Triple H. Hopefully. It is what it is. I mean, and hopefully Triple H takes over the main roster, and I don't know who focuses on NXT. We'll see. That's but that's the future. Uh, good health to Vince. I don't hope he dies, but just give up the comedy. <laughs> that, that's all I need. Just give, just give up the comedy, man. Don't be like Stein, Steinbrenner. Like, I'm a Yankees fan. He took that shit to the grave. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, man. Just let it go. Give, give it up. Know when it, the writing is on the wall. Go enjoy yourself. Vacation. Him and Linda can go somewhere on that island, run around, but we make it. I don't know. Yeah. Just stay away from the product. <laughs> but that's our show for this week um, Next week we're going to recap Triple G We'll have wrestling the preview We'll have UFC the preview Back to more of our normal style show And I'm sure we'll have some hip hop to talk about uh, Joe Budden's album comes out And we didn't even get to talk about the game album Which is extraordinarily long But it's remarkably Very good. dope <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about that next week. Uh, try to get a guest on too. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's good, and then uh, can't wait to talk I might to you guys. Get glasses on, depending on how this performance goes. Oh yeah, definitely. Bring out good glasses. <laughs> so once again, you can follow the show at the Corner LSN on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud. Listen to our show on there. iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio. I found out, which is pretty cool. So we're everywhere. We're trying to grow. Uh, working on some great stuff. Yeah. And the year with? Oh yeah, this is gonna be some. If, we, if everything goes as planned, we got some. We got, yeah, it's gonna be nice. Some of you guys are gonna want to be live on the show when we start doing this. Definitely. So, uh, hey, we're growing, we're building. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Cal Dansby, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. I don't Snapchat. I don't, Snapchat. I don't care. Because he's old and washed, and he's in a bingo. Nah, home. I got I, I got too many other things to do. Too many social media things. Facebook. I don't do Facebook. I can't. I got work to do. You can follow me on Twitter at Andreas Hale. Same with Instagram at Andreas Hale. Everything else, whatever. I'll catch you guys next week. We're out. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.